the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Kill Bill Volume 2. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause. When the Miramax logo fades to black, the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. And the second one, I say 3, 2, 1, I'll pause, I'll press play. You'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together as it's perfect. Oh, we'll watch the movie together, and it's perfect. And it's perfect. Any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. Myself, as always, kind of Teague Christie. My friend Brian William Fenefter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hi. Trey the Amazing Stokes. Yes. And as in last time, I'm going to fuck off, and Chris is going to take my seat. I still like movies. He still likes movies. Kill Bill Volume 2 is my favorite of the two Kill Bill movies, Um, even though I I, I hadn't seen the first one. you have a favorite of two? Sure. Preference. Favored. A favored, favored, favored. Yeah. Hey, there you go, favored. Yeah. It's my favored <laughs> Kill Bill. Yeah. It's my discerning Kill Bill. It's the it's a the thinking man's Kill Bill. <laughs> but I like this one more. I like the the, the westerny stuff more than the kung fu-y stuff. Um, but I can't really explain my preference beyond that. It's just this one resonates with me more, and it's the one that I've seen more as well. But I don't know. Uh, it's cool. I like Tarantino. I think Kill Bill as a collective is his masterpiece. Um, but I don't have much to say about it. Hence, my butt will not be in this chair for very long. <laughs> B Ryan, uh, yeah. I, when when they came out, I I enjoyed the first one more. The first one is definitely more uh, actiony and fun and, and exciting, and this one is more uh, more still, a little more quiet. Uh, but it's I rewatching it this past week, watching rewatching both of them, and for the first time in a while, I I think I like this one more myself because um, it's things. It's less exploitive and more ploitive. <laughs> sure, inploitive. Um, in terms of acting and. Uh, uh, emotional realities that are going on and, and real like wow these these people are going through some real emotional shit <laughs> yeah uh this this the meat of it is is in kill bill volume two so i think i and don't get me wrong i love them both and i love them both for what they are and i think the fact that the they both have such different tones but the it's the way they're different is tu- is subtle but complementary but they, they still feel like very different movies in terms of their tone is an amazing feat does it, does that they pulled off it does blow. It does blow me off. Wait, wait what? <laughs> Nobody can talk today. That's yeah. Amazing. yeah, it's right. Yeah, we're all we're all tripping all over ourselves. It's in the air. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll be subtitled later. I I like this. I think I like this one more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Been down <laughs> Mike, say something really good. <laughs> Jesus, Mike, get us. Should we get us out of here? <laughs> So get the brush like, yeah, this one did blow me. This one, this one just blew the hell out of me. <laughs> this one blew me off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah blew me okay. off. Okay. <laughs> All right then. Um, yeah, I, the, I've seen this one less than I've seen. I'm, I'm the opposite. I've seen this one less than I've seen Volume One, and uh, it seems to, it seems to follow that just the one you've seen the most is the one that you like. Yeah. Well, whether or not the, the whether no, the chicken or the egg came first, I, it I feels would, like it's probably a feedback loop. You like the one more, so you end up so watching it, it so it reinforces yeah. that feeling. Um. So I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't hate it, but like I said, like well, like you said, they're they're two very different movies, and I liked Kill Bill Volume One so much for the movie it was, and then I saw this one. I'm like, that's not the same movie. <laughs> what are you doing? And, and it's, it's weirdly enough, it was originally. Yeah, the yeah same I do remember movie. being disappointed for, when first seeing Volume yeah. Two. Like, wow, that that really isn't the same yeah. movie. And I was expecting the second half of that first movie. Exactly. I wanted the second half of that first movie, so I don't hate this. It's a good movie, but it's not. The the volume two of volume one that I, I I did I wanted to see more of volume one and I didn't get that so um, I was a little disappointed so it'll be interesting watching it now and talking about it I may like it more because there are certainly I mean the the most Shaw Brothers sequence of both films of either film the Pi May sequence is in this one um, so so that element 
and personality of it does still exist here. Um, but you definitely feel it a lot less than than you did in the previous. You one. just don't get any geysers of red blood, or at least not no, as many. No, I, uh, yeah, I don't any? think any. No, yeah. no. There was, there was this there movie was, sucks. Yeah, there was going to be one in the in the fight with uh, Daryl Hannah, but they wound up changing it. Trey, I as I said in the first uh, Kill Bill recording, I, it's not that I liked one over the other, and that's why I've seen one more often. With this it's, volume two, just happened to be on cable <laughs> more often, and I would have the TV on, and so I was like, "Oh, there's Kill Bill volume two again." So I really developed a, a more of appreciation of it, and where I just hadn't seen volume one that much. Um, so I, I do, li- I do like volume two. I, I'm, as I recall, I liked it. I saw it many times. It would just, it would always hold my attention, and it is, it is, it is kind of weird. It's like. Especially knowing that this was originally one thing. I mean, yeah, all these, you would have felt a change all, halfway through. All these you know? pieces yeah. are, you know, are actually, you know, were one contiguous thing that had this wildly, strangely swings in tone. So it was probably a, you know, a clever idea to sort of take all the pieces that kind of smelled one way and put them into one concoction, and then take all the pieces that were kind of the other way and put them into another one. So and and then to release the one with all the crazy action first, so the people go yeah, and then they go to the theater for volume two and get disappointed, um, <laughs> if in fact that's what happened. But uh, but I do like I like I like them both, even though they are different movies, even though they're the same movie. It's um, however that alchemy works. Um, I, I do enjoy them both. I, I I think I think I would give a slight edge to volume two myself as well, um, because it's just a little a little a little less cartoony and a little more telling a story and uh, and I enjoy that about it. It's kind of like they took sort of all the trailer moments and like the the big action set piece of a movie and made that a movie and then like all that exposition they just made into the other movie. <laughs> it's like here's all the storytelling it's in the other movie. Boy, I can't wait to see Sucker Punch Volume 2. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Finally they'll pull they, it together. They do say that even in the in the making of for Volume 2. They're like, "Here's where the actual story and all <laughs> yeah. of that stuff is." If you wondered what all that shit was about yeah. the first time, it's kind of we're going to finally tell you what all that we're shit gonna was. We're going to come about. back and explain it to you. It's yeah. a supplement sequel. Yeah. Chris? No, I really don't have anything much to add because these guys have already said everything that I could possibly have in my mind about Volume 2. It is our job. Yeah. I, I agree very much with Dorkman that what I love about the Kill Bill series is mostly in Volume 1. I do love the Peimei sequence. I love that character. I think Gordon Liu pl- <laughs> plays it, like, to 12. I mean, we yeah. need to make up a new Spinal Tap reference for Gordon Liu <laughs> yeah. in that he just completely just it, goes It's funny because it. it's my least favorite sequence. It's the one where I kind of go, okay, this is where I go and, you know, get but work see, done. But see, one of the things I like about Tarantino is just how unapologetic of exactly. a director he is in that, no, this is yeah. fucking cool and I don't care what you guys I'm say. Fucking do I'm this. just going to do it and I'm going to own it and we're just, we're going to take it as gonna far as we can. it's going to go on forever. Yes, exactly. As long as I want it to. And, and even, even if I don't enjoy what the result is, I love the just seeing the fact that he's just still doing it. <laughs> yeah. And that still wins me over a little bit and probably gives me a little bit more yeah, see, that, points. That, for me, that, that approach totally failed in Death Proof because as a movie that you can skip, yeah. the first, skip the first hours like, Quentin, I get what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Those were bad movies. <laughs> so you're deliberately making a bad movie right now. That's what's happening. Fair enough. Fair point. Fair valid point. But yeah. anyways, yeah, this, I'm... This is not... I'm not talking about it. This reference, though. This is... Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Pai Mei stuff is amusing. I'm kind of going... So clearly, this is kind of what happens in a Hong Kong movie, okay? Yeah. It's I, a little long, yeah. but, you know... Well, the same, way, training, it's same way with the anime sequence. Like, okay, yeah. this is a, this is an anime movie. The, I, I get it. Okay. The, the I, training sequence in a, in a Kung Fu movie is, like, one of the central yeah, parts of I, that I, movie. I, I get that. So. Yeah. My, I gather that, yeah. My main negative point about this movie, and we'll talk about it when we get to it, but it may be, for me... One of the biggest letdown climaxes I can think in a major really? movie. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get to it. We'll get to it then. But that's that was my immediate takeaway. 
Way to lead with the lead. Ooh. Yeah. Nicely done. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I want to listen to this whole commentary. It's going to be great. <laughs> and later visit tvtropes.org and buy merchandise from us and tvtropes.org and the Daily Blink. And Who is that you're guy? at the point where the Miramax logo is faded to black. Three, two, one, unpause. And I got to thank Fig for the Daily Blink shout out there. Kind of gratuitous, but unnecessary. I still liked it, though. <laughs> I'm watching Kill Bill. <laughs> Which what? Which is oh I see oh I see ah, so much to do with uh, so much to do with so, World of Warcraft. So so this doesn't even start with the Shaw logo that the you know, the the old school Hong Kong Shaw logo like uh, no we have, definitely have more of a film noir uh, Maltese Falcon kind yeah. of thing with the fonts. They're like and this going is back that... to the uh, the black and white. Well, not only the black and white here, but we're about to get the black and white in like, and yeah. the, the big and the talking to the shot. camera, and the big, proce- uh, big yeah. car yeah. process shot that so, he loves so much. Yeah, so this is a full on uh, you know. Uh, it's very like film uh, noir Sunset Boulevard. It's like this it, movie yeah. suddenly a Sunset Boulevard. Interesting, interesting that when we were uh, kind of a b- peeling behind the curtain a little bit when we were watching Volume One, we were watching on Blu-ray. Now we're watching on DVD. When they have the shot of her saying, "Bill, it's your baby." In the subtitles in the Blu-ray, it says the whole word "baby." Yeah. In the DVD, it shows B A dot 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 like your, it got it's, cut off. It's your baby, which is what she actually says. I think yeah. you know, it's like she actually says it's so, your baby, you know, and she doesn't get to finish it. So the guy that did the the subtitles for the DVD and the guy that did the subtitles for the Blu-ray yeah. made their own distinctive yeah, subtitle exactly. choice. Yeah, exactly. I've noticed that recently. I saw The Wire. I saw some really interesting, like, wow, you really didn't understand what that line was, did you? <laughs> My favorite was that, and Brian may remember this, they're talking about they're looking for a nail and and uh, they can't find a nail that was uh, was in this late in the street. That's a piece of evidence. And uh, and later they say, yeah, someone, some poor bastard. It's probably in a tire. Is the gist of the line. The way he's what the guy says is, um, it's probably in some poor bastard's radial. The t- the subtitles say radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense that it would be in someone's radio. Yeah, yeah. That that's what happened to it. To be fair, that's a hard line. That line is kind of <laughs> jumbled and, and muffled. As, as con- in, context, in context, though, it's yeah. kind of like what, what radio reminds me. Thing. Reminds me of the old Encyclopedia Brown thing where they solved it by saying, "Well, it's only an arrow flight away." And the the guy that was innocent said, "We'll go upstairs and look for it." And the guy that was guilty said, "We'll go outside and look for it." <laughs> uh-huh. An arrow flight or a narrow flight? That's yeah. Ooh, they ran out of ideas uh, later in the uh, later days. Of well, the, you know, Donald J. Sobel Brown. was, uh, you know, not exactly the yeah. cream of writing. <laughs> wow, you actually know the. Oh, the, I was big Encyclopedia Brown fan as a kid. I was too. I couldn't have told you who wrote it, but you could almost say he's his knowledge of it is encyclopedic. Ah! Uh, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> kill Bill first. Yeah. Great I, like, I like that that sh- they just openly odd... do a retcon there. It's like it wasn't a wedding; it was a wedding rehearsal. <laughs> it's such an odd distinction to make. You're like, um, yeah. yeah. This guy's name is Bozenson. Yes, another genre cool actor. Story. Another <laughs> actor. No, Bozenson has been a genre actor. He was in Walking Tall. Uh, he played Buford Buster in Walking ah. the Walking Tall movies. Uh, no, he's he's right up there with Michael Parks uh, in the and Quentin Samuel L. Jackson. And I've yeah. I've read and I. This is this is total bullshit. Somebody in the internet just making it up, but I like it. So in my head, I'm going to go with it. Somebody is like, "That's that's Jules from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he's walking the earth, and, uh, <laughs> and this, this he's is just he walked to Texas, and this is where he ended up." He's, then he's wishing he had his gun. Yeah, God damn it! Yeah, I wish I'd brought the gun. Sure, why not? <laughs> Could be. Could be. Hey, why not? It's, it's a fun. shame about. And the uh, thing, I mean, the thing is, there's it's oh, not totally actually, unprecedented. There's a. Plenty of times the characters in the Tarantino verse are connected to each it's other. N- it's not unprecedented, but according to what he just said, that's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. No, very, very unlikely. He played. He, he, pl- he was a musician, a, a, a session musician in Texas for 
a lot of Motown bands in the you know fifties and sixties, mm. so he wouldn't have been a, an assassin in the nineties. It's and a then shame come that back. yeah, it's a shame. You know that, what? Uh, go ahead. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a shame though that Sam Jackson has <laughs> crossed into that world where. Suddenly, if he shows up, it's like, oh, Sam Jackson, and there's a whole thing. Where yeah. It's like, I mean, it's my least favorite part of this scene. It's like the, I like Sam Jackson. He's very good. But it's kind of like now it's the scene's about Sam Jackson all of a sudden. And, right. And or at least this section of the scene is about, yeah. yeah. And, it's just, and it, it, it takes the focus and away, and it puts you know, the focus on Sam Jackson start, for no real reason. Yeah, and you start thinking like, well, he, you know, he didn't just What's get, he going to do? They yeah, didn't he just didn't bring him in for no reason. He didn't it's, just get killed. It's know? the Drew Barrymore in Scream. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, well, what, you know, yeah. clearly this is the lead. She's, oh, yeah. You know. she's, but that's, no, no, that's, that's okay. That's, that's doing a, a psycho different. thing. Yeah. It's the only time in history Quentin Tarantino and George Lucas have made the same mistake. <laughs> 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 but but um, Sam Jackson is. No, I'm going to find another one by the end of this <laughs> movie. <laughs> I'm going to think about it really, really hard. But Sam Jackson is a good actor, but, but you're right. If, if not. If not taking over, you're just distracted by the fact that you're like, that's Sam Jackson. He's going to do something. Right. That's yeah. any second yeah. now. That's Sam Jackson. Yeah. It must it, it must be him for a reason. Yeah. It must be important. Not Why just, is it important? Not just because he and Tarantino are friends. That never occurs to you. You're yeah. like, there's got to be a reason he's in this movie. Now, as I recall, isn't it sort of set up later? Because you, you go... How does she? Who who are these people? Who's this dude? Who she, this doesn't seem like something she could do. But isn't that something they get into later? It's like you could never have done that anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. She's totally like trying to be a different person and blend in. And, and yeah, she she ran away. She found this guy, had sex with him as fast as possible to <laughs> cover the fact yeah. that you know make him believe that he's the father. And, right. And it, and this is where you know we finally suddenly you know Bill shows up and and Bill is a guy. Yeah, Bill's a regular guy who who actually. Kind of makes a lot of sense most of the time. You kind of go, well, he does have a point. Yeah, and it, it's great. I see where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, and it's, the fact that he cops to it at the end, he goes, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I overreacted a little bit," <laughs> and you're like, "You overreacted." Yeah. See, that, and that's what the the thing about the um, the line when when she gets shot in the head is is I always read it as Bill, it's your bay, and he pulls the trigger. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, oh, he's shit. like, oh fuck, was she was she about? To, oh god damn it, uh, yeah, god damn it, <laughs> you know the. That's that's literally how uh, I always interpreted yeah. that. that, that See, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I interpreted it as, you know, oh, it's your it's your baby, and that knowing what's about to come, he's like, it only it only made the betrayal and the 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 Dude, emotional can... cheating of it that much yeah. worth. Because I was I was thought of it the opposite that literally he he was already in the act of pulling the trigger and she was trying to like. But no, wait. Yeah, you know, so she was trying to stop him, but it was too late. And then he's like, "Oh God, it's damn the, it!" It's the, it's the as your car, you're closing the car door, and you're actually looking at the keys in the ignition, but you can't stop your hand. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going. Did by the way, did anyone else have the experience of people applauding when David Carradine turned to her I didn't and said, see "Hello, Kiddo." Myself, so. yeah. Opening, know. opening. We were talking in volume one about how um, you went to to experience first time yeah. watchers and having those yeah. applause applause and whatnot. Volume two, it seemed like the people that came opening night were the same people that came uh-huh. volume because they were they were applauding at payoffs from volume one, <laughs> uh-huh. including finally showing his face. Like they were that excited about it. And it, it it's definitely one of the more interesting film going experiences I've had. Uh originally Tarantino wanted uh Bill to be Warren Beatty. Yeah. That would have yeah. been fun. And Warren yeah. Beatty was the one who went, get, to, get David oh, you know, Carradine. You know who else they asked to play Bill? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Ooh. Who did Open Range instead. Yeah. Who did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Good chap. Yeah. 
you probably got that, that's that's better for the both of us, I think. <laughs> that actually would have been that either one of those would have been really interesting, I think. Warren, Warren Beatty, Beatty Warren Beatty, been interesting. I don't know. Really oh man, it would have been as great with Costner, but uh... Warren Beatty would be my preference. Yeah, yeah. Just to see, just to see where he would go with that, that would have been really cool. Yeah, I think, I think this was the scene that they were talking about the behind the scenes. Tarantino and Carradine were talking about it, and. And Tarantino says to Carradine, I think this is your best scene in the movie. And Carradine goes, I think this is the best scene of my career. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Carradine, he's one of those guys who became an icon even though he never did anything that was particularly right. notable because he was a genre guy. And, uh, you know, he was kind of associated with – like, he, he, he comes from a background of schlock. You know, David his, – uh, his, his father was doing – terrible you know his, his father is like known for like the three good movies he was in and not the thousand movies that were awful that he was also in you know well, it's really Car- carradine senior was like you know the mad scientist in a thousand b movies and so on it's just he was in grapes of wrath one time he was in a good movie and then of course the fact that uh people of my age uh demographic were introduced to this man by kung fu the legend continues yes and that's why this movie works yeah. you know he, he makes sense in this series i am kane <laughs> Yeah. And I, I know him from the original Kung Fu. I, I, I watched that show. That's that's you know that's how that's how Americans got the idea of Kung Fu. I can't it's watch David Carradine. It's really funny because going back and watching the original Kung Fu, I can't watch it without picturing Bruce Lee being really pissed off off stage. <laughs> yeah. that, I was going to say that's the show that originally was supposed to be Bruce Lee. It's supposed to be Brit, but they, it has to be a white guy because yeah. <laughs> apparently Americans won't accept a Kung Fu guy that's you know yeah. Asian. Yeah, but your but your the consolation, Mister Lee, is you do get to play Kato in the Green Hornet. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Did you see um, th- this was – unfortunately, this wasn't the last thing I saw David Carradine in. Um, <laughs> what Talk I, with it, was, yeah, yeah. The last thing was a closet, wasn't it? No. In, in, oh. Bang- in Bangkok. Wait, I, didn't, the, I didn't see that. We had to get it out of yeah, there. I was, like, of the I was like, when is it going to happen? Yeah, and it's, now it's, it's happened. Unfortunately, it's sad. But we yeah. had to say it. But um, no, I saw him – but but something almost as pathetic, to be honest. It, it, oh, my like, God. Like a, a – uh, <laughs> A there was there was like an infomercial, like one of those workout device infomercials. You know, oh, they've got wow. the ab roller and stuff I think like I that. I saw that, but it was it was a fucking stick. <laughs> Like it was a stick. You just hold one end and then the other, and it's like, and you use it to move. And he's like mo- moving it around, and it's like a wide shot of him in a backyard, just like kind of oh. moving it around, trying to hold both ends and make it look really cool. So they they got David Carradine, so it will look cool. And this, the the best part, as I recall, there's like a dog in the backyard who just up and gets bored. He's like, I I can't be seen with this, oh, no. and like stands up and runs out of the frame. It's like, oh no, what have you done? Oh dear. But it was really sad. I'll have to, I'll have to find that uh, or, or Matt will find it or something because it's like I can't believe I'm watching this and they're doing it totally straight face they're like yeah for, for exercise and meditation and no stop it did you know this is a total tangent from Kill Bill exercise related but did you know you can just go down and exercise with Richard Simmons like he has a class in LA nice. that you can just fucking go and it's open it's like a park <laughs> no it's like in a gym want to. yeah okay <laughs> cool and and for ten extra dollars, he'll slap you in the face. <laughs> nice, but that's extra. It is with ten dollars. The the great thing about Tarantino, or at least in these films, is every every character, no matter how small their part is, gets an actual scene and gets some actual material to work with. Like who the fuck really is this guy right. in terms of the story? But he still gets a scene, 
And this guy still gets a great scene with David Carradine yeah. and Uma Thurman. And and again, like we were talking about in in the Volume One commentary, part of it is Tarantino wants to create characters. He yeah. wants it. You look at this guy, and you're the, there's a tension throughout this entire scene because yeah. no matter what happens between Bill and the Bride and whatever, you know, they they say you're like, I know how this turns Five out. Five minutes yeah. later, I know what happens. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. And so this whole time, you, you know, you're watching and you're you've got this character Tommy, and you're like, he is a nice guy. Yeah. Like he's not some asshole that she found. She found a good guy. Yeah. She found a guy who doesn't deserve what's about to happen to <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. And and you know you've got that tension of that's but that's what's about to happen to him, and we know that already. So, um, so yeah, really well done, making you engage, and you're like, oh, he just made it worse. He made it worse. <laughs> yeah. We already knew it happened, and he made it worse. We already knew it was bad. Why do you gotta make yeah. it worse? Yeah, it was, that's what. Well, that's meeting that's, everybody. You know, like the the Reverend and his wife, and the yeah. gr- a bunch of yeah. girls. I mean, you know, these are like you know, they, none of these people deserve what's about. Yeah, to this is this is almost you know, this is this is the kind of thing that you would do a prequel for that most prequels don't do, where you learn more about right. the circumstances that happened before, and you're like, wow, that really was a tragedy, wasn't it? You flesh out the circumstances you've already been told about, which adds new context to it. Yeah, exactly. But Tarantino is, because he loves to shuffle his narrative around, he's... This, this, is, the kill, this is the Kill Bill prequel folded up inside of the Kill Bill sequel. Yeah, exactly. Now, do we know whether or not this sequence was also decided to be black and white because it looks to me like it was deliberately black I think and this white. is deliberate I think yeah I think because yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, it's part of that, that film noir tone because you, you getting a good black and white look is not just turning off the saturation of color I yeah. mean if, yeah. you, if you're shooting good black and white well you, look at you the bloom to, yeah the, and you can do that as a post process but I'm thinking this looks it's, it's, there's everyone's got such heavy back and top light that I figured that they I'm hoping I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that, that this was deliberately shot to be black and white do you think she knows yeah, she's about so. to die no, I don't think she does. I think she's. She says, I think she's hoping. I think she doesn't know one way or the other. She's yeah. just going. There's nothing she can do. She's like yeah. Bill, just try and not, you know, do no, the thing. No, I think because when she says thank you right there, it's it's a I real you, genuine yeah. thank you for being okay with this. Yeah. Okay, and, and then and I don't know if it happens in the sequence here or if we come back to these. This events is an amazing later. one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it is here now. You know, we dolly out and we watch the Viper Before, Squad come yeah. in, and then she has a, a reaction that you only hear, but it's it's very much along the lines of. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah she screams no, Bill. Once yeah. once they come in, but um, <laughs> yeah, and and then at the at the end when they have their when they have their conversation, he goes, "Did that really surprise you that I <laughs> that I did that?" And she's like, "I knew you could do that, but I didn't I didn't know I you'd didn't do it to you me." Uh, yeah. No, Bill. Yeah, yeah there. Yeah. yeah, and that great little a great little bit of a uh, bit of staging there. Because again, we we know what happened, and you know. By the way, that camera started from way within the church, yeah, and then yeah. ended up thirty feet in the air. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a, boom it's on a, a crane. gigantic crane. Yeah, it sticks or a jib on a crane. Either yeah. a cra- I I figured it was probably a it you know like the Steadicam guy on the on the Segway Steadicam mm-hmm. out stepped onto a crane and then took I, it up. I think it's probably that a crane that's so long that it just can extend into it. the church and then they just take it out. That and could swing be it, it but it had like the the kind of steady camish wobble which is what mm, made me think be. it. But well, I don't know. There's a there's a shot I don't remember which movie it is where the guy uh they put the steady cam guy on the crane. Uh-huh. And so it's the first half of it. I forget which it was, the first half or the second half, but <laughs> the first half <laughs> is the guy on the steady cam and then at some point he steps on and becomes a crane shot. And right. you're like how the fuck could you possibly do that? Right, yeah. I think that's what they did here. Yeah. That, w- that would be my guess. Nice car Bill has. No. What is that? Lamborghini? It's, it's in the IMDb trivia. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you, right, it, I, I noticed that, that it said what kind of car he had. 
So it, it's you know this movie is like right away going okay. This is not what any of the movie before was like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like first of all, there's Bill just being a character now. Yeah, as opposed to being an off-screen you know demon and uh, who's this guy who we kind of all sort of knew but don't know really know. We we saw him like four times and he said yeah. one line, one very line. esoteric. Yeah, one line twice and uh, you know we saw him. We know he's one of the people, but now it's like this you know Monument Valley Western. No Country for Old Men movie, yeah. <laughs> which is again Tarantino, you mad bastard. And you again, know? even even almost hanging a lantern on it, it's like it's like this is this is a sword fight movie. She comes and does does sword fights. Are you ready with your sword? And he's like, No, nah, I got I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't have my I sword. Have sword <laughs> we're not. That's not how we're gonna do it when she comes around. It's like, oh, that's what's going on here. I guess which, which is another great that moments is a great. Visual indicator of like, no, this this movie is not the last movie. It's like, he, she's got her samurai sword ready to go for the the boss fight. She kicks down the door and gets blasted in the chest with a shotgun. Yeah, exactly. Like that tells you pr- pretty clearly that this is not a samurai movie anymore. Yeah. This is a western. Exactly. It's almost it's almost like she failed to realize that. It's like, no, no, you walked into the yeah. wrong movie, sister. That's a, well as a TV tropes thing. That's you know genre savvy. Genre savvy. Yeah. She's very genre savvy for for the first one. Right. But in the second one, the movie changes on her, or the genre changes on her, and right. she doesn't quite keep up. And here we have, I think Michael Madsen has his line of of well, you know, we we did some pretty fucked up shit to her, yeah. so we here's deserve his, it. Here's his little Pixar character performance. All the fucking shit he's doing with his face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here it is. I t- and I don't, I don't chew, chew out, out of, of my, my paying my call. Oh, jeez. Tarantino, you know, Tarantino defends his use of that stuff like constantly. Like he will fight, I, but uh, to an extent, I agree with him. He's like, it's, that is what the character yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah, I it is what the character would say. Yeah. But he also says, you know, we should take the people should be shouting it from the rooftops constantly and just take all the power out of it. Just I, like uh, to an extent, I also agree with that. Yeah. That's I, that's why I use so many naughty words because I'm like the, people. It becomes not so big a deal. I, I'm doing the, my part. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the weirdest. Shut up, you faggot. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Faggot socialist. Yeah. <laughs> faggot shit ass. Cunt bag. Cunt. Cunt. I I agree with that to an extent. Although in Pulp Fiction, he's really just getting a kick yeah. out of saying nigger to Sam Jackson. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Although although actually uh, another uh, IMDb trivia thing. The, this is the uh, or, or I think it was Volume One. It, it was the first movie. Um, where the word fuck was said fewer than a hundred times of Tarantino. <laughs> the, first Tarantino. the first Tarantino wow. movie where it said fewer than a hundred times. So he's maturing as a yeah. filmmaker. And it was, it was only 17, actually. It's only said 17 times. It's one times. of those strange... In both volumes or just this one? I don't remember. I think I, think I read that in the first one, but that may have referred to both Wait, volumes. I, I have a Confucius for you. If... By by using by using the F word, it becomes a movie for mature audiences. And yet the movie is more mature the less you say it. Hmm. Oh. But why am I wearing watermelons on my feet? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the guy from... Uh, I didn't Lan- tell you to do that. Uh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. House of a thank Thousand... You leave me hanging. <laughs> what is it? What's the Rob Zombie movie? Uh, uh, House, House of a Thousand, thousand corpses. corpses. Yeah, the bartender is the uh, guy from that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and this guy is just like... Genre at its heart, at its at its rawest force. Seriously, seriously, yeah. I look at I look at this. I'm like, is this a scene from Boogie Nights? Is that what's <laughs> it happening totally here? Is. Suddenly, it's Boogie Nights. Here's Michael Madsen. I was hey. I was looked at this as like this is the dark underbelly of that '70s show town. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this this joint exists somewhere. In that, Someone in that actually still dresses like that. 
No, nice. he doesn't. That's the gag. <laughs> they're in a 70s movie and don't realize it. Yeah, Bud is the one who keeps, like, walking into different movies. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is just... Bud yeah. is like... Yeah, he, co- he goes from Once Upon a Time in the West he's, he's to the genre, yeah. He's the genre tripper. He's yeah. like, <laughs> and then here comes Bud in his cowboy hat. <laughs> hey, everybody, what genre are you doing? <laughs> uh, noir. Cool. All right, all right. I was in a noir... Two- I'll dig the shallow grave. That's fine. I was in a noir two days ago. It was awesome. It was great. I like I like the whole noir thing you guys are doing. It's nice. <laughs> and he just he's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Okay, I better get a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> so you all are the roadshow version of Boogie Nights in here. Okay, cool. I was, I was just talking to I was just talking to John Car- David Carradine in a John Ford film like five minutes ago. <laughs> it's crazy. I just drove across town. I drove <laughs> into a different genre. No, I'm in Boogie Nights. All right, that's fine. I do love the fact that Bud just completely makes the worst argument whatsoever. Like, he really makes himself look like an idiot in this scene. Like, it's, this douchebag is getting the best of Bud. <laughs> yeah, How yeah. the mighty have fallen. It, yeah. it, like, he really is getting the best of him on every level. He's he's emasculating him. He's, he's you know, lording his little power over him. He's taunting him. He's doing all of this stuff. And to top it all off, he's he's right. You should show up for work when, you're, when you have fucking have work. So it's, it's it's all a big head fake though. So setting up this idea that Michael Madsen is like clearly he's the weak link of the uh, you know the Viper Squad, and yet he's the one who's going to damn near damn near take out Uma Thurman, the closest. I don't know. I, don't, I never I never got that impression from it though. I just I think it's because it's just Michael Madsen, and I have no problem being scared of Michael Madsen <laughs> and knowing of his uh, cut a guy's uh, ear off once, man. Yeah, calls him a kid too. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's like what's your, what's your, what he's really doing here. Tarantino's what he's doing here is he's like you're waiting for for Bud to unload on this guy, right? Like, yeah, Bud's gonna take about eight more seconds of this shit, and then he's gonna like tear this guy's heart out of his yeah. chest or some goddamn thing. But no, yeah, but no. <laughs> the subversion. <laughs> but no, he, he he just takes it and goes like, home. Okay, all right. Here's where you th- here's where you think it's going to be the 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 cracking point is when he starts shitting on his hat. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna, over. It's going to be like no one pisses the hat. Kabang, kaboom, crack, zack, zack. Bloods on the bloods on the ceiling. And yet, no. And yet, it doesn't happen. And yet, you're still you're still very scared of Michael Madsen. You're still like <laughs> yeah. you're you're not dissuaded at all by the man's lethality. It, it's funny. It's, it's you're like I don't know why that didn't happen, but it <laughs> yeah. still could. Happen. It has the opposite. It has the opposite effect. It's kind of like wow, he's so badass he didn't kill that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's so badass he didn't even do anything. Whoa. Wait now, but now aren't we getting back to the Kubrick argument? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's a filmmaker argument. I'm talking about the character where you kind of go. It, just, it it makes Bud a mystery. It's like you know, is Bud is Bud kind of the jewels? Is he the I've given that shit up? You know, I'm, I'm walking the earth yeah, by working I'm, at a titty bar. I'm just gonna be as you know. I'm just all I want to do is sit in my trailer and drink, and that's that's what I want to be doing. I think that's it. You see that it's like I could kill this guy so hard, but that's not who I am yeah, anymore. I'm trying so hard not to do that. Yeah. Did you know Michael Madsen writes poetry? I did not. He does. <laughs> Does it use a lighthouse as a metaphor? Because <laughs> <laughs> if it does, no. No, he doesn't write poetry. Keep it in like a three-ring binder with like sketches of unicorns on it or what? No, no. It's probably because I, I came across some of it at uh, the Iliad or just up the street here. Um, I don't remember any he of it. He has a one-name pseudonym. But he's a, he's a published poet. He's sealed. He's sealed. <laughs> I'm just saying, nice. if you're interested in the kind of poetry that Michael Madsen would create... <laughs> You can find out. I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's why you go read the book. <laughs> exactly. I, I like a, living in the mystery. <laughs> trying to create a mental picture of what Michael Manson poetry is like. 
Actually, I, I, oh, oh cowboy hat, oh I, cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. was, no, I, I do. I do remember reading one that was about uh, his kids, which was odd because one of his kids goes to, or at least at one point went to Playhouse West, and I was sitting in class with him, uh, not like three days before I read read this poem in this bookstore. Like, oh, that's the per- that's connection. That's <laughs> oh, weird. Well, there you go. Another one of those long, long shots. Yeah. This, yeah. What this, are you doing, Quentin? This was another uh, with Michael Madsen. It was another thing they talked about the behind the scenes where because they hadn't worked together since Reservoir Dogs, and he's like, "I think the fans are really excited to see us working together again." I'm like, "That never occurred to anyone. I don't think <laughs> that you and Michael Madsen might be doing a thing." They'd be, "Oh, okay, he, they're doing all right." It's it's not like you know it's not like Al Pacino and and uh, Robert De Niro appearing in a movie again together. It's not like that level of hype. It's like oh yeah, you worked with him. <laughs> well, once. That's right. You guys did that other thing. Yeah. <laughs> so now now we have to go from the point that we had that little scene before he goes in where he thinks something's up, uh, like that. There's that clear implication that okay, I think she's here. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't lost his touch to that. Yeah. Extent, yeah. You know, he's still like mm, something feels weird about the air. <laughs> yeah. I better go load my shotgun. I think I taste a ninja in the wind. (laughs) It's something hunting us, and it ain't no man. (laughs) (laughs) Come at me, bro. I am no bro. (laughs) Yep, but but here we are. It's like, oh, she's got her ninja, she's got her sword, and he's like, nope, we're in a western bang. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. She literally brought brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. That's a cool shot. I really like that. Yeah, when he comes to the window. Mm-hmm. And it kind it's of got a little bit of Yonda Bont going on in there does, with the triangle move yeah. and everything. I was going to say a little bit of uh, Raimi in there. Yeah, it has that vibe too. It's a very extreme shot you don't normally see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's just jerk each other off over our <laughs> filmmaking knowledge. <laughs> I I think it's I was more, say more representative of, a, of Kurosawa mixed with Early Coen Brothers, really. Oh, yeah. Touch, oh. A, touch a Godard. Oh, yeah. I Name just, drop that director. Oh, 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 oh. I just like the shot. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> it a good shot. I liked it. I, I thought it was kind of obvious. It achieved, <laughs> it achieved the visual information di- dis- dis- display that it needed to, regardless if we thought of it. God, if I could only remember the name of the DP that I couldn't remember, and then you told me during volume yep. one. Um, <laughs> Rich, uh, Richardson, something yeah. Richardson. That was, that was a Zoe Bell moment, too. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure that would be Zoe Bell. Okay, so we're going to tie you to this rope, and then we're going to yank yeah, you at yeah. 60 miles an hour. Oh, it did worse on Xena. <laughs> okay, how far am I going to go? Well, you know, if you did it from this angle, I'd yeah. go about 10 feet further. Robert Richardson. Oh, okay. Robert Richardson. Zoe Bell, by the way, we should, you know, we didn't we oh. mentioned in the first yeah, one. Zoe Bell is the, the primary stand-in for, for Uma Thurman. Stand-in and stunt double. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Stunt stand in. I mean, she, she, didn't, she didn't. She didn't. She wasn't there for the lighting. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what. I, or the back of the headshot, or anything like that. Well, when you say stand in, that's that's what you're referring to. Dude, yeah, did the sword just stick into yes, the post? It did. Which yeah. you have to. There, there are certain moments that happen in a film when that you you can just see the director behind the monitor yeah. going, "Yes." But you know, Michael, you know, Michael Madsen turned around and going, "Whatever I say next, it's in the movie." Because <laughs> there's no way he's not using what it just happened. Or just like, "Please God, don't let me flub this line yeah, if right I, now." This if I be, flub this take, this could be a wonder right here. Yeah. That's why he's, that, that this is when his performance started being like him making faces and stuff. He's like, "Shit, I got to make sure I don't fuck this up." <laughs> yeah, I got to what's my line? Shit. Buy time with the eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, eyebrows, go. <laughs> and they're still using the same take because the sword's still stuck sword's there. Still stuck. Wonder eyebrow power activate. 
So he, uh, I, missed, I missed the subtitle. He blasted her with rock salt. Wasn't that the deal? Yeah. 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 So it's just like it hurts like hell. I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, you're not dead. She's just so fucked. And the pathogen is passed on. Yes, that's right. She's, Contagion! And now he gets on a plane to Australia. <laughs> that's gnarly. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. If you want to be that way, here we go. This, here, is, how, this go. is how men became apes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's it's definitely again, even without all the fighting and stuff like that, you're like, wow, she's the most fucked she'd ev- she's ever been in this yeah. entire series so far. And it's yeah. it's a, it's it's that tonal shift. It's I mean, she she took she took down eighty eight fucking samurai dudes, and now she's super fucked. And you and, and you a totally, very simple setup. And you totally thought this guy was going to be her easy kill. <laughs> yeah. There's a wonderful trope called spiteful spit, <laughs> nice, which is cool because in this movie. She, she spits, and then the guy spits on her with like all this tobacco juice and yeah. everything. It's it's kind of sexy. Oh my! Okay, <sighs> moving right along. Well, yes, that's one fetish in this film. That's for sure. Is a, a lengthy shot of again, just sort of nothing, nothing going on. Just no. like, I'm gonna walk in. This is how confident he is too. He's yeah. just leaving her laying there. He's got her drugged up. And he's like, I'm just gonna I'm gloat making, over my kill. This, yeah. I'm gonna make a phone. She call. ain't gonna do dick. I got time <laughs> to <laughs> get my can. This ain't no shit. movie. When you sedate yeah. someone, they're out. That's how it works in real life. Like well, this I'm goes living. back to what we were talking about in the first one, where Tarantino has this ability and this propensity towards just letting very simple moments where not a lot is happening. You know, he's not he's not rushing through these moments as as fast as he possibly can. He lets them just kind of sit there and lets you savor them in a in a way, and and draws them out enormously well. His, talking about lighting and everything else, it's like Daryl Hannah just like looks like an oil painting here. They just just like so perfectly shot with the hair coming down and the eye patch and the light, the strong light and all that. Is it just me or does it look like that somebody else's? I was arm. just about to say the exact yeah, same thing. Yeah. It feels like someone else's it hand. It does look yeah. like someone else's hand because that because I was just going to say that I think that's the hand where she's missing a finger. She has oh. she has she's missing a joint on on uh, one finger. Which is maybe but, but that's, that's why her, that that's bandite's there. But that's her hand. No, it's it's like her little finger or something like that. Actually, we've got we've got both hands there. She's missing. She's definitely missing a joint off one hand. So maybe that is someone maybe else's. That's the, yeah, hand. the smoking one. The, the I, it, I think it might be the one that's holding the phone though, because that ah. would be the easier one to do. Yeah, that'd be crazy if they did that. Well, it'd, <laughs> it'd be too distracting. It might, be, right it might be a middle. So, just, so we'll use, we'll use this PA. Yeah, we'll just yeah. have the PA stick his no, it's hand. My, it's, Matt, it's Matt Perry who's missing part of his middle finger. But I can totally right imagine an assassin having a missing finger. I know. Exactly. You'd Why would you that. even? That would, that would be cool detail. People would be like, "Oh my god, they did like I a think, CG I finger removal." I think the issue though is that it would be it would become distracting. Is that you know people would be like, "Look, is Daryl Hannah missing a finger?" Because you know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because she had all her joints there. She's got yeah, them this all. Is like, so. You know, it never occurred to me. I think it's I think that I think it's the hand with the cigarette. It seems like. That doesn't seem to quite be part of her. That explains it. I always thought that was weird. Now now we know why. That's really odd. Although it should be the hand with the phone, but I don't know which which hand, you know, is the one we can look it up. It's it's Mm -hmm. it's online like everything else. That seems just like an odd way to do things. (laughs) Just have her hold the uh, the yeah. phone in the hand right. with the fucked up finger. Well, if it if it was her pinky finger, then you'd see it. Yeah, no matter, think, no matter what so. you did. So that's, that's wacky. With the, there you go. There's if that's true, then that's one of those great you know problems of of movie making. Like, <laughs> just to get a shot of Daryl Hannah, we had to do a, a a fucking magic trick just to try and get that to work. <laughs> Took four hours of rehearsal so she could smoke a cigarette. We have, we have an aspect ratio change here, which is yeah. index finger is missing. Left so, hand. So that's the phone hand. 
Yeah, that was the phone hand. But she, okay. but she still had all. She the had the fingers, so, fingers so, but it so. makes more sense for the phone hand because it just sits there against right, her right, face, right. Yeah. as opposed to trying like someone else yeah. like smoke a cigarette for her. But it still seemed like that was someone else's hand. Yeah, it still didn't seem to quite. Maybe maybe to, maybe they just did it with both. Maybe they did like a who's line thing to be like <laughs> fuck it because then they'll just, match. Yeah. Or they're just trying to make her look creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the weird like confined aspect ratio. Yeah. Um, Very claustrophobic. It's, it's yeah. giving you that claustrophobic feeling. And then it it's, just it's straight funny. opens out. I've only seen this on cable, so I never saw it in the theater, so I never was aware this happened. <laughs> <laughs> that there was that weird little aspect change. But it, okay, I thought it would, I thought it would go on, but it was just for that little moment. Okay. Just for her in the in the truck for some reason. Because that's the confined space that yeah. she's in. I see. I guess. <laughs> they did that. Uh, Whedon used to do that on Buffy sometimes, where he would create specifically restrictive shots. Really? To make you feel like uh, when Buffy's mom dies and she's in such uh, a traumatic. Hey. Spoilers. Oh God. <laughs> Buffy's mom dies, and the policeman is interviewing her, and she's so he. The policeman is taking up eighty-five percent of the shot, and then Buffy's in this little sliver off to the side, as if to to describe how claustrophobic and uh, rest, uh, restricted she feels. Directing. Yeah. What? In a dramatic uh, moment. If you haven't watched Buffy yet, you're not <laughs> going to. Okay. <laughs> that's my point exactly. I'm, that, I'm not. That's going actually to. true. I'm not going to watch Buffy. I am, but I don't care that you spoiled it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I tragically Snape I, kills I, Buffy's mom. Yeah, I knew I knew about Buffy's mom. I've never seen a single episode, but I knew that. That's it's well enough known. Um, interesting enough, I was just watching a rerun of MythBusters the other day, in which they did the "Can you really break out of a coffin?" They actually did that. They they did this myth. Is can you punch your way out of a coffin? Uh, well, I saw the one where they did the buried alive myth and fucking like almost killed Grant or it's, someone. Else. No, it was no, yeah. it was it was um, was it Jamie? It was both. It was Jamie. It was okay. Jamie the first time, and then and then it was it was when they did this myth specifically. It was like, can you break out of a coffin and then not be buried alive? They were. Um, it was uh, it was um, Tori. Ah, they were. Tori, mod- he just he, he was wearing breathing apparatus. Oh right, I remember. No, <laughs> I remember. It was. I remember the Tori one. Yeah. They were like really panicked about Jamie. Like his yeah. heart rate was going up and his breathing was becoming. They were like, and get him out, get him out, get him out. And it's also because the coffin was caving in. The, the actual space he was in was was starting to collapse. So before they could even test, like, can you dig your way through? It's like he's just going to get crushed. See, even this guy gets gets some good screen time. He gets a little moment. Yeah. yeah. So Mythbusters did the thing where they said, well, first of all, with this little tiny, you know, punch radius can you actually make an impact and they kind of in a way that i would argue with uh said that you could um the issue is more you'd run out of air before you could probably do any real useful damage you would probably uh, have to in the course of things exert yourself enough that you would run out of it you would use whatever air you had now of course i'm I'm saying that as if that's about to happen but it's it's actually it's about 45 minutes away because (laughs) because we're going to see a hong kong movie first (laughs) Jump out of this western for a bit and yeah. jump back in. But this scene again—I love it, this scene. It's here. it's a long, excruciating scene, but it's you know it's great. Where it's like Michael Vance is just like so fucking awful. Yeah, uh, he's like, I'll give you a flashlight. Yeah, just so you got your your shot at getting out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not because that, that's part of the code. It's like. Well, professional courtesy it's like it's like well it's almost like a, a james bond villain thing but they're aware of it he's like i'm not going to kill you i'm going to give you your shot <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. out of this right i'm going to put you in the ground and walk away and if you can manage it then great <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give you your chance yeah <laughs> but i'm not gonna help you <laughs> other than you know give you a flashlight yeah and if you you know want to be a dick about it i'm not even gonna do that yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna make it awful yeah I'm gonna burn the your eyes that, out of your fucking head. 
that he can compel even just that small amount of compliance. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, that there's something about that that is so terrifying that mm -hmm. somebody can force you to to behave uh, against your will. So well, that you are easier to kill. That he yeah, exactly. That, that he legitimately asks her the question. He's like, would you like me to burn your eyes out of your yeah. face? Yeah. Or do you want yeah. me to that give it, you a flashlight? That, it, that's the thing. It's like he's he's giving her the honest, legitimate yeah. choice. I'm giving you a choice. And then obviously I mean, the only logical choice is right. one or the other. But still, it's awful. Now, this is a, a great little montage here. And this this uh, the fading light, you know, gag. As the as the coffin is gradually closing down, is great. You know, it's great stuff. And and the fact that this scene goes on and on and on and on and on in total blackness. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then even when it lights up, it's it's not like it gets better when the light goes on because yeah. it's like, oh god, that's a tiny fucking space she's in. And uh, as someone who you know potential torturers out there, listen up. As someone <laughs> as someone who I have a little problem with claustrophobia. Um, <laughs> this this scene like noted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know someone just wrote that one down. I wonder um, how that buried movie handled this. If it if it handled it similarly. Yeah, there was, wasn't there an entire freaking movie? Yeah, yeah the, the Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, in every single CSI has dealt with at least one person being buried <laughs> yeah. alive at one point. Yeah. We only have twelve hours. <laughs> no, no, we, we have to find them. But this scene is particularly funny. First, there's the blackness, but then just the in general, just even when the lights are on, when she gets the flashlight out. Yeah, it's, it's like, this it's is still, not better. It's still just like, oh, God, Jesus. I mean, it's like, just the... I still I, have my eyes for this? Yeah. Ah. Just the thought, the thought of it, of just like, okay. But tremendous sound design right here. That you hang out inside of puppets sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes I've had a problem with it, yeah. <laughs> I've done it underwater even sometimes. You're a strong man. I, I'm. If you'll hang out in a creature <laughs> underwater in the dark, I'm afraid with claustrophobia. I'm afraid of fire, speed, and high places, and I still would have been a goddamn astronaut if they'd let me. <laughs> you're, you're more afraid of not getting a paycheck. That's right, exactly. <laughs> no, it's just that you were more afraid of James Cameron in yeah. that particular scenario. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> Actually, well, I tell you, well, of course, as with any phobia, it's like it helps to be doing something. I mean, it's like if you just want to go. I'm in a really small space that I can't get out of right now. <laughs> you know, then your mind just eats itself. If you're there for a reason, you have something to focus on. Well, now we go to black and white, yeah. uh, right out of color, and it's the exact same shot, but it looks like it's a different film. It totally does. Yeah, it, it might does. be. He's, a, this is yeah. as noir as it gets. I mean, yeah. this is pure noir. This yeah. is literally what noir is like. Now, this might have been... Adjusted because this has a look of being kind of this is very artificially blown out. A little yeah. bit. Tar Tarantino though is the kind of guy who is you know such a gearhead so to speak uh, that that he would be like I want to use this film stock for this sequence. Yeah. So it does have grain amped up yeah. as well, man. So that, again, that could totally be well, that's a, After Effects. Yeah, post <laughs> yeah. The we're not seeing the bloom. That's the difference. That's what see. That's what makes me think that this yeah. is a digital. Black it's and also white. and this was. This was right around the time of Sin City, wasn't it? Or Sin City was, was a little a later. Years, Sin City was a few Two, years. Uh, 2006, I think. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, Sin I think City. you're right. Um, but uh, another thing that, that's really cool about this sequence, and, and to an extent is also kind of a noirish thing, is, you know, it, she's, not, she's not playing it cool. Like, no, no. Like she, no. She, there, are, there are, you know, there's the, the Angelina Jolie character who'd be like, all right, totally cool about this. Bang, bang, bang. Punch my way out. Well, she is freaking out. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to die. I'm, this is not cool. And blah, blah, blah. So, and that makes her more of a person and it, you empathize with her. Yeah, it makes her – the fact, the fact she, she does the human thing. She freaks out and she loses her shit <laughs> yeah. and then she gets her shit together. Right. That's the human thing to do. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the Angelina Jolie, like you said, or the Arnold Schwarzenegger – Completely cool all the time, right? The one, that kind of one note performance. 
that's that's that's, that's less bad. interesting. It's, it's badass, exactly. But it's not human, and we, therefore it's less interesting. We pointed that out in ter- especially in terms of females trying to be like you know action. They, they often do the you know the Tomb Raider mistake, which is like right. she has to be tough as nails. Yeah. It's like no, she you know she's more. And and we we've said that Sigourney Weaver has has always been so great at that, mm-hmm. and especially in, mostly in the Alien movies. There's there's a, um, a another a noir series that I've read. It's called. Um, by by Charlie Houston, although it's spelled it's spelled like John Houston, so no O in mm-hmm. the in the first part H U S T O N. Um, he he wrote a um, series of novels. The first one's called Already Dead, and it's a vampire detective noir series. Nice, and it's really cool. The main character's name is Joe Pitt, and it's it's um, it, it's it's. When when you were talking about giving giving him the uh, giving her the choice of you know burn your eyes out or I'll give you a flashlight in in those books what one of the things that makes Joe Pitt so interesting is he will he will be the one to nod at the mace he'll be like <laughs> that one fuck you give me that and, and they, they will they will spray him in the face with mace and he knows that they were going to do it and it's like you know you're in his head it's being narrated because it's noir and he's like I I. I, I know that I should just not at the flashlight. I should just take it and get out of there. I need my eyes to see it. And then he'll do exactly the opposite of what he knows he ought to do. Um, but what makes what also makes him so interesting, he's a first-person narrator. Um, but he you can trust him as a narrator. You know he's a reliable narrator because he doesn't try to make himself sound cool. He's like, when he gets maced in the face, he's like, and I was crawling and screaming and crying my eyes out on the ground. So, so it's like, he'll totally tell you exactly what's happening. He doesn't try to, like, cool himself up. I'm like, I like this guy. I can trust him. Um, and that that's, again, always a more interesting character yeah. than just like, yeah, I was totally chill about it. Because it, it's love. human. And that's yeah. ultimately the definition of an interesting character or the um, the amount of interesting that a character has is how human they are and how how truthfully human that this fake construction of a person is to a real life person how how three-dimensional you can make this two-dimensional creation contrivance if you're in the situation being like yeah that'd be me yeah (laughs) that'd be me losing my shit right there yeah (laughs) i can relate to that so here's the setup talking about the five point palm exploding heart technique What's so interesting about Tarantino and his structure thing is like this: the whole Pie May sequence, and specifically the three inches of karate chop through the wood, like, and that's a Chekhov skill thing. In a normally structured film, you would set up her ability to karate chop from three right. inches in the first five minutes, and then you would forget about it. And yeah. then an hour and a half into the movie, she would pull that out You're and like, go, "Oh, oh yeah, that's she can do awesome. the thing. Yeah, that's great. That's that's the way you should do it." Here. <laughs> you throw her in the situation where she needs it, and then you tell us about right. how she came it, to get it, it. It almost it's a weird, it's a very weird almost Deus Ex Machina thing where it's like, oh, lucky I have this skill. Yeah, <laughs> but but because it spends so much time setting up the skill, and because it's so plausible, because you're like, well, technically this is a kung fu movie. We didn't have a training sequence. Here it is. Of course she would learn that skill. Well, it's great. I'm because glad it, she's getting out. It creates suspense because you gen- you literally. Like in a you know more ham-fisted movie, and often does, you wouldn't go. Well, this is why we saw that fucking scene of her learning to do that. Right. You know, it's like we we're like, how the fuck is she going to get right. out of that? And this scene, the nice thing about the Pi May sequence, the good thing about it, from the from the payoff point of view, is there's so much going on. There's right. actually two setups in the Pi May thing. There's also the pulling the eyeball. Right. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. is another setup that when when it finally gets paid off, you go, oh, okay, that's what that was about. But it's you watch the you know I know for me, I watched the entire Pi May sequence. And the punching from a hand's breadth away is only one minor part of it. By the time we get back to the coffin, I was like, okay, 
And then she started to do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I didn't put it together until that moment. But but it can also add tension as well, even if you do make the connection, because a large portion of the sequence is, does she successfully learn how to do this? Did she go through her whole training and never actually manage to mm. get this? Yeah. You know, and if so, then she's fucked. Right. Even though she, even though she was right there, even though she trained with the guy to learn how to do this, did she actually successfully learn this skill? And at the end, you see that she did. I'm working on a show right now uh, that we did. We did a segment about a thing that's called Dim Mock. Are you guys familiar with this? Is that with the little shrimp? No, it's uh, <laughs> it's the sauce. It's it's the oh, sauce. It's the yeah. sauce. Okay. It's number forty-five. Yeah, that's no, a, that's when they that's when they bring the little things around. You you take no, them off the tray. Dim, the dim talk. Dim yeah. is a death touch, which is a thing that actually happens. And they the the host of the show is it's sort of the Anthony Bourdain kind of thing. You go somewhere and they oh wow wacky customs, uh, and they're like, all right, death touch. We're gonna go see what this guy does. Um, it's clearly bullshit, but we're gonna go see what they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go, and this guy. And it's the, there's two hosts. And the, they're, they're just kind of like laughing around be like, all right, cool. All right, here, you do me first. Okay, cool. And he does it, and the guy's down for the fucking count. Just boom, down, and screaming and yelling and can't breathe. And the way it works is, generally, I can't – I couldn't do it, much less demonstrate, but I can explain the concept, is that when you hit him – and it's not, a, it's not like a massive punch. It's not like that. It's just you make a – paper if you're doing rock paper scissors a paper hand and you come up under their rib enough oh, right that it, the diaphragm it just yeah oh, it just, it just it, and what happens is it sort of, i know where that is it doesn't dislodge <laughs> anything it just kind of it just kind of pops your diaphragm up well it, it makes and, them, it, and it pushes down in your lung and you can't breathe it makes the muscle basically spasm right. the muscle it's is like, like give, i don't want to do that you give and, the diaphragm a charlie horse is basically yeah. what's happening wow. and, the, and, and there the, is a way to undo it you can like thwack him from the back of the neck and it undoes uh-huh. it or something like that but it was the most terrible because we're watching this in the edit bay because we're just watching the, like the logging footage right. and we're all like the, the guy who was there one of the one of the uh, line producers he's like you guys really do need to see this this is badass we're going to edit it and make it all bullshit because it's reality TV but you have to watch this and we're just watching this live footage of this guy just go boom down screaming it was just like the second guy still had to have it done to him. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you don't know, the, the, lungs, the lungs are not muscles. They're just, they're just bags. What actually inflates your lungs is the diaphragm, is, is you flexing it and unflexing it, basically. So if you g- basically cramp up the diaphragm and you can't, you can't move it, it doesn't want to do anything, then you cannot breathe because you can't inflate your lungs. I have I have been hit in the diaphragm. I know what that feels like. Ooh. It's scary because you're like, yeah. I hope this goes away <laughs> so I can take another breath. Especially if it catches you. So it's you know it, it's one thing if you took a deep breath and then it hit you, but if it just did it, it's like I was halfway through breathing out just then. Yeah. I was god I, damn it. I was in I think it was middle school and I did, so I said something stupid to a, a buddy of mine or some classmate and he kind of punched me. Playfully, it wasn't even that hard, but it was just yeah, it, doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't, was in the right spot. Yeah, it doesn't have to be hard. It's just there's the button right there. Yeah, and it's ugh. and it was it was exactly that. It was like I just couldn't breathe. Just like, yeah. That's why I'm glad I got it removed because I wanted to have kids. <laughs> in case an operative, no, we're, no, in we're in case an operative tries we're to pass that move the, on you. Yeah. We're past the point already, but there uh, a few minutes ago. Yeah, we've been talking a while. <laughs> well, we, uh, she was climbing steps. We talk about uh, the unseen movie, the the off the off uh-huh. camera oh, movie, yeah, yeah. and there, there's a great moment where uh, when David Carradine comes down and he's yeah. just like he's, he's, out he, of he's, yeah. he's out of breath, and you can just tell that he's pissed off, and he's like, "Yeah, he's gonna take you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's bleeding on the yeah, side yeah. of his face. What happened to you? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> friendly contest. Uh, <laughs> had to talk him into it, but that's all. Now it's it's Jaime is the guy you have to kick his ass just to say hello to him. Basically, yeah. if you can't if you can't best him in a fight, he doesn't even want to talk to you. <laughs> so th- this is the kind of thing where you know a movie that had to be one movie and wasn't allowed to be two movies is literally like you. 
you would see, you know, the Sally Minkie, like, you know what we could do? is mm-hmm. She goes up the stairs. There's a guy in white sitting in front of a big temple. Cut to, she's coming down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later, she's coming down the stairs. Maybe a little bit of see what goes on there, but, uh, you know, just a tiny bit. Like, it's even... The film is even slightly treated to to look old. It's got little patches of yeah. like distortion and stuff in the yeah. color. It's weird. It, it's it got totally a little bit does. of a flicker going yeah. on. Yeah, and and he is completely you know he's a freaking action figure. He's completely stylized in the way he looks. Yeah. You know, it's like he's he's so very old school. You know those kind of movies. And there's Smash the There's the Smash that, That's exactly oh. a shot. And uh, you are not worthy of the flying guillotine. So Wa-da-da. this is this is Gordon Liu, who was in yeah. m- many of the Shaw Brothers movies, uh, Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin, also called the Shaolin Master Killer, um, and in su- in the pi- this Pai Mei character um, is a recurring character in like Chinese mythology. Essentially, he's he's like he, a, he, is, a, he is the Yoda. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's a villain often, oh. um, and so so Gordon Liu. As a as you know, as a Shaolin monk character, as the hero of movies, has often fought Pai Mei. <laughs> has fought Pai Mei in other movies, so now yeah. he's playing Pai Mei in this one, which is a cute thing. Which uh, and is, which is and which is exactly how he knows how to play Pai Mei <laughs> <laughs> to to the T that he does. Uh, he's co- like, no, no, I got this. <laughs> According to the trivia out there, Tarantino wanted to play Pai Mei. and would have, except they didn't have the time or money to teach him the wire foo right. necessary. But he gets it so perfect <laughs> the way he the way he's always with the beard <laughs> and yeah. tosses it to the side. That's awesome. So great. Yeah. So he's about to completely kick her ass, and and very much in the Shaw Brothers style. And the the wire foo is a bit more than they would normally have done, but that's a you know a crouching tiger thing. It's. And it's a accepted thing, taking it up to eleven. Yeah, it's an accepted part of of uh, Wuxian like fantasy kung fu movies. It's like some some really high level masters have their have kind of got the the force. They've got like chi built up so much that they can float. They can walk on water. They can stand on a sword. They can you know do various stuff. Here we go. This is where we start to learn that she's not a very good listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. She has to learn that yeah. by getting her ass. Well, Bill beat. told her like four times. Yeah. <laughs> don't fuck around with this guy. He's a <laughs> yeah. thousand years old. Yeah, don't, don't. I just told you a story about yeah. him in 1003 AD. Yeah. Where he killed a whole order of monks because one of them didn't nod back. This yeah. was not a fable. This was in the <laughs> yeah. news report. It happened. <laughs> it's the thing he still talks about at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Citation. There's citations and everything. Yeah, it's it's also fun because she's, you know, she she had to learn all the the kung fu stuff. Ah, there we go. Yeah. there it is. So she had. It's, to... it's the fact that we hang on that moment for yeah. so long. You have an excellent view of my foot. <laughs> she she had to she had to learn the martial arts up to a certain level, and she actually. It's tricky because she had to get good enough to be able to do it badly. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's an interesting kind of arc that you have to do. They should have just filmed this sequence, you know, three months in and then yeah. filmed the rest of the movie six months <laughs> or in. Or maybe they did. Maybe I'm giving too much credit and she just – this was just early on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here to learn. Duh. Well, isn't this uh, isn't this sequence <laughs> shot in Japan? That's so badass, by the no, way. No, this was shot in China. Or China. China, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, they shot – they shot um, – I'm – 
I don't know about this part, but I would imagine so. They shot it a good. Like, it seemed like it should have been. Yeah, they they shot a good chunk of uh, of this stuff at the Shaw Brothers Studios where they shot all oh, of those oh. movies. Yeah. because because they have they just have stuff like you know well, this temple and stuff just hanging just out. Standing set. If yeah. if you were Tarantino, wouldn't you say, "Can we go and film yeah. there? Could we please, 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 please?" And if you're Tarantino, they're like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure, why not?" It's like she went up the. It's like she went up the Matrix sta- spin. Yeah, it's like she went up those it's stairs. Just want to do go into a different movie. <laughs> it's like it's like at the, oh, at the top of those stairs is a different movie. Yeah, you're going to be in that movie for a couple of years, and then you're going <laughs> to come back down, and you're being a western again. Okay, okay. So, I did want to ask you about that. I, we, you said right at the very top, you're talking about this being the weakest sequence in the in the movie for you. Yeah, and is it is it because of the genre dissonance? It's just because it's. It just goes on too long, I think. It's like, you know, we get it. Okay, fine. And it's it's not like I want to see it cut into, you know, into two seconds or anything like that. But it's like, all right, you know, she's, yeah, this is, he's the, you know, he's the master and then she's going to have to cave him or anything. Yeah, and, okay. and he's the jerk. And, and yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we could get to the, the real training a little faster yeah. and probably be okay. But at the same time, they've got, you know, lots of footage and lots of time to kill. And, and you know, it's... This sequence, as as Dorkman said, this is the longest sequence in the, what they're homaging is yeah. the, the training and the you know the training is because that's where it's all happening. So you know he's doing this homage because he can. It's just that for me it's kind of like it's like you know it's not it's not to the point of death proof where it goes on for like okay I know that most of these movies consist of people talking about nothing because they don't have any money to shoot anything else. But it's not what I paid to fucking see Quentin. Come on, give me something here. So. That that moment, the little moment that we just passed, where you know she's in the the armhole and she's screaming in pain, and just spit comes dribbling out <laughs> of her mouth. Yeah, that's there's it's certain little stuff like that that I think that's the mark of really great actors. Of like that's that is a perfectly real little thing. It's not glamorous in any way, shape, or form, but it's absolutely real, and it drives home the point of of what she's going through so well. And it's like if great ordinary or not great actors don't think or don't let themselves do things like that that aren't really attractive or yeah or that real that's why again i always appreciate that when you know and of course it turns into there's a trope about that uh, in the real life it's uh, if you want to win an oscar if you're a pretty girl be yeah. ugly yeah um <laughs> it works time and again and if and if you're a man be you're crippled Play yeah. crippled. That's how you get the Oscar. But you Don't never go oh, full retard. Yeah, never go full. Dang it! You never, never go, go full, full retard. retard. Beat me to it. But uh, but uh, that's one of the things is you know Uma, like kind of like Daryl Hannah in her uh, beginning. Uh, you know, was kind of like well, she's you know Uma Thurman. Yeah, she's really pretty. But I, she's a lot better than she Ouch. ever got credit for. Yeah. And and she's you, you don't see it any stronger than you do in these movies where, you know, clearly she's just committing thoroughly to doing it and really doing it really well, and and not you know clearly. Time and again in this movie, I mean, how many different horrifying, you know, looks do they put her in? Yeah. Well, we're going to open with you uh, covered with blood and with missing teeth and everything else. And, you know, you're going to be – but then at times it's like you're going to be covered with blood and it's going to be kind of hot and awesome. So, hey, it's a trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But, yeah, the fact that, you know, this sequence certainly she's about as deglamorized as you can get. Yeah. you got to have a montage. Yes. If you want to show a passage of time, make a montage. <laughs> And that, come on, that is straight up Yoda's gimmer stick. Yeah, <laughs> it totally is. Exactly. I think Tarantino could definitely uh, look at 
Yoda is something that he's actually trying to insert a little bit into this. Well, I mean, he opens volume one with a Star Trek reference. So, I mean, clearly modern science fiction isn't out of his... I love that. <laughs> That's a great moment where she punches <laughs> the wall in her sleep and then wakes herself up in the process. Mr. I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Love the searching for focus. It's like, oh, what? Yeah, missed it. Yeah. Uh, in just seven days. <laughs> seven nights. <laughs> um, I always wonder, one of the things I always laugh about in terms of the plot hole thing, it's like, who brings those boards to him? Yes. The ones that he's putting his hand through. Does he go down yeah. and cut cut down trees and, and sand them and then put them out? Are these, are these little country folk, like they bring them very scared and yes. leave them at the door and then yes. run away before... The Here's thing. another board, sir. I hope you find it to your splintering satisfaction. <laughs> He's just got stacks and stacks of them. <laughs> well, he only needs the one for, for her yeah, exactly. for like two yeah. years. Yeah, that's true. So. So she's never going to break through this. I just need the one. Bring me another one in case this one rots, but otherwise I just need one. This is another great, great yeah. scene. And it's and it's totally like he's very quiet about it. And it's like, no, but you, she, he could kill you. He's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember, killing. Pl- and it's plugging out the eyes. This is another great example of structuring where we go through we go through the very traditional Team America kind of montage where, oh, she can't do it. And now she can kind of do it. Now she can really do it. But now we have this, the important, the human aspect of, of, of her journey within the sequence of her deciding or her drawing up the resolve to 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 live with this or to yeah. to persevere through this. You know, but I think I would just learn to eat left-handed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's still a, also an element in his character like there's an interesting moment there where he takes a rice and he throws it on the floor but then he gives her another bowl. He doesn't yeah. say you're going hungry. He's right. like, I want to see you do this. Yeah. You know, he he believes in her. This is this extent. is the moment of respect. Yeah. This is the turning point of it, yeah. Where she yeah. fights through it and does it, and he's like, "All right, oh, then. Uh, beard stroke, the of respectful respect. beard stroke, hmm. as opposed to the patronizing or condescending <laughs> exactly. beard stroke." Yeah. Well, it's a very yeah. subtle thing. There's many. There's many ways that you can and he communicate. Even, he even gives her <laughs> his own. It like beard stroke, yeah, or beard stroke, yeah. oh. beard stroke. Wait, and then it's like, what are you doing? Beard stroke. <laughs> I mean, he, he even gives her his own bowl of rice to make her do it with. You know, it's not like he had an extra. He's like, I want to see you eat rice the proper way, or I'll kill you, and yeah. then I'll eat it myself. I or guess. I want to see you die trying. Yeah. All right, we now we're back into the western. Yeah. Hooray! Yay! Hooray. But we, but again, you know, if at this point you've figured it out. You're like, oh, okay. We we saw that because she was training right. to do for exactly such a situation as this. Yes. We still haven't seen her do it, though. We haven't seen her That's accomplish true. it. That's very true. So it's like we don't know oh, if she can do it. Yeah, we don't know if she can do it. It's like, is she gonna try anyway <laughs> and see what happens? Okay. Well, Bud was an idiot and left her boots on. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's also great structuring because it's it's still in terms. If you're looking at it from her perspective, you know, she she gets dumped in. <clears throat> into this coffin and she's she gets buried alive and she freaks out and she loses her shit and then she starts the process of collecting herself and if you if this were a novel and if you jumped into her head and were reading her thought process it would probably be be something like no i have training i've been trained for this and i've gone through training i can deal with this and that training obviously is with pai mei so it's a very 
that's a very novelistic way of of approaching things. In a novel, you probably would have jumped. You, you know, she gets locked in the coffin. End of chapter. The next chapter, you've jumped back to the Pi sequence, yeah. and yeah. then you would come back to this. But if you're looking at it from as you know her internal thought process, that's you can see how the flow goes from there of her losing her shit, her beginning to collect herself, and her thought process would have been something like, "I'm trained for this. I have the tools to right. deal with this." and Think about the tools. Uh, think about the situation where she gained those tools, which would be the Pi May sequence. And then the screenshot heard around the world, and yeah. then we move on. Yeah. <laughs> As she's tied up, no less. There we go. There's a lot of fetish fuel all over this, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's but it's really funny that we're going to. So much is made of her being able to realistically punch through this thing, and then we're going to see her explode through the ground. Yeah, zombie-wise. And, and we're going to dolly or crane or whatever it is, you know, follow her, come up, and see her through all these branches. And it, you can really kind of kind of tell that she's just climbing through this Well, of course. Circle. That's the kind I mean, of, that's the way you have. There's yeah. no other way to do it. That's that's the movie he's making to an extent. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's the thing about Tarantino. If he does something weird and completely different from everything he's done, he's like, well, that's the movie he's making. You can <laughs> he can just get away with it. Aha! Yeah, uh, and now we're like, uh oh, not there, not there, hmm. there, no, right there. there. there So do you think Bud trained with uh <laughs> No. Jaime? Yeah. No. Probably not, huh? Prob no. Probably not. He trained with he trained with Hanzo. He trained with Hattori Hanzo probably, yes. but did, he, they, did they mention that? Well, he did, did said that he had a Hanzo sword. If he had a Hanzo sword, I don't think Hanzo would have given him a sword unless he was, you know, worthy. So, mm. he probably trained with him. Hanzo seems like he's you well, can no train way, with because, him. Okay. In because fact, in fact, Hanzo trained her. Hanzo trained her before but, he gave her the sword. We d we didn't see that training right, but yeah, but he it. says but he yeah. says start practicing. But no, what I was going to say is that um, we find out later that Bill gave Bud his Hanzo sword. So there's nothing saying that he actually uh, trained with Hanzo. It might have yeah. just been a gift. That's right. The sword has the inscription. Uh, it's a gift. It's, it's from, Bill's sword. Yeah, yeah, it's Bill's sword that was given as yeah. gift. And it, again, with the structure, we we didn't see her in the flashback actually accomplish it. So and you know, up was, we go. Yeah. Da 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 da. So there was there was always that question of did she ever do it? Did she manage it? Right. Um, in the in in the apparently a thirty foot deep hole. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember reading a, a one like I said there's in the volume one there's several versions of the script out there. I remember reading one where she did do it. Um, she she accomplished it in you the Pi Mei sequence. In the tra training sequence. Yeah, you see it, and then he's you know she does it, and Pi Mei looks and he's like. Good, and then he moves the thing an inch closer to her. It's like again, um, and then she has to start over again. But he wisely, and and maybe him, maybe Sally, who knows? But uh, they wisely left that out to leave the tension for this moment. To Did she it, ever learn it? To leave you know? it as an open question. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you. She gets out, and you're like, well, I guess she did. <laughs> I guess she Good for it. her. Well, it kind of works both ways. You could kind of go, she never quite mastered it, but this time. Yeah. You know, yeah. In desperation. Yeah. yeah. She was Fairly funny if she got out, and then she gets shot in the chest with more rock salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> wait, you think Massey I wasn't going to wait and yeah, make sure? <laughs> you kidding me? You train with Pi May, for fuck's sake. And here, here again, the uh, unglamorous. Yeah. <laughs> again, Even yeah. the way she's walking. <laughs> the, the, the way she's stomping across the... <laughs> It's been a long day. And Alan Tudyk looks really different here for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened I don't, I'm not sure what the deal with that is. 
It's not actually Alan Tudyk. Don't write to us. Please don't. We know it's not actually Alan Tudyk. Have a glass of water, please. Because she doesn't ever wallet. I'm sure. So. Yeah, she's not gonna get a coke out of that guy. Yeah. So here comes here, here she comes. Num. Continuity error. We don't see the semi going the other way. Yeah. Hey, uh, sure. Yeah. Somebody lost a job for that one. Nice. Oh, I coveted that car so much. Back in the day. Wow. <laughs> Some great shots in this sequence alone. <laughs> yeah. Really. Just Daryl used to drive the car really fast for a day. Cool. Let's do it. Boom. She's Unfortunately, right. without any depth perception, but yeah. Yeah. that'll yeah. make it better. <laughs> yeah. Just, You're we'll, taking these tor- corners really yeah. tight. Yeah, I'm not expecting <laughs> yeah, them. I can't, I can't fucking see. I've got an yeah, eye patch. I'm, I'm not really planning for them in the way that I should be, I guess. Yeah. I mentioned in the in the commentary for Kill Bill 1, I, have, I worked with Daryl Hannah on My Favorite Martian. Um, a, a disposable little film, but uh, but she's very cool. She's she's a very fun, you know. Very she talks to the, everybody on the crew. She doesn't like go to her trailer. I'm a uh, Quentin, star. We have we have a lens flare. Yeah, Quentin. a lens flare. We're gonna, should we we should uh we want to flag that. We no nice on it. Nice dissolve. Yes. <laughs> that was really nice. The way you know, only Quentin. It's a Quentin Tarantino trademark. If you go to IMDb, the dissolve. The dissolve. <laughs> but. Um, like the way that Steven Spielberg has cornered the market on fathers, stars. <laughs> yes. And, and Cameron is feet. And music. Cameron is feet. Although that is a fetish well, of Cameron's. Shots and, of and Tarantino. Feet. Yeah. I mean, feet are all over Tarantino. That, that dissolve from, from far to near, the stuff in the background doesn't seem to have gotten any closer. I don't think that was a dissolve. No, I think, it's, I think she, she just w- had to walk. She walked all the way to the yeah. camera and they, and they you know, Cut it into three broke parts. it where they yeah. broke it. Now, this is where the Jawas live. Yeah. So any second, they're going to pop out. This way is much too rocky. Yeah. I'm not going that way. And she's on Vasquez Rocks. Yeah. Is she, it? She, no, it's not. She's uh, walking across half the western United States. We were going to go yesterday until it ended up being 106 degrees <laughs> yeah. outside. Oh, I was going to ask if you actually canceled that Yeah, we did. Mission. She's a little... Uh, You're a little visible there. Yeah, it's a little obvious, but okay. Okay. She's he, only got one eye, but she can still see. Well, and then Bud's standing there looking yeah. in her direction. Yeah. Hey, I wonder who that blonde chick is. That'd be a weird coincidence if it was, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, no, not Oma. It's Uma. Uma, God. <laughs> yeah, that worked as well for you as it did for Letterman back in the day. Yep. So so uh, when I saw this movie, I was really struck by, by you know, that Daryl did such an amazing job, you know, as being this badass killer and doing these fight scenes. I was like, damn, you go. You go, Daryl. He totally just wrecked that, that ice no, right. sometimes that's Ace how the trays, ice trays made. Yeah, it's really? to make it so that you don't yeah. have to do that really awkward trying to bounce them out kind of thing. That's, that's oh. how that's how they work. Yeah, that's what separates them. You crack it open. That's that's. Why have I never had one of those? Because <laughs> you're not so much awesome. Because you're not middle aged like me. <laughs> when when by the time you were a kid, plastic was what everything was made of. So yeah, apparently that thing is called a Texas funeral, burying her alive. <laughs> Fuck Texas. Yeah. Jesus Christ. If that's true, what is then What's wrong with those no. people? And a Texas birth is being born dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Texas birth. I want whatever that is. It looks good. Yeah. I think it's a margarita. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a... It's pretty straightforward. It's a white, trash, mar- right white trash margarita. Well, I want one. <laughs> it's made with mix, though. It's not that good. Yeah, those are mostly the ones I have. <laughs> I, I I I use the mix and then I go. I just go for the good tequila. That's what I do. Why does Bud lie about the sword? 
He doesn't want. I think he. I think he's trying to make it sound like he's out of the that he doesn't care the life and that he doesn't care when really that's still a part of him. He just he doesn't uh, want to be able. He doesn't want anyone to know that about him. Basically, he's and he maybe doesn't want to admit that about himself. That's kind of his. That's kind of his defense. Is look, I'm not a threat. I just I don't do this shit anymore. I'm not any good at this. But just, I'm out of the as somebody as a character in the wire might say, I'm out of the game. Yeah, I'm out of the game. Game not in me anymore. Well, and he did just show an immense amount of respect for Hanzo Swords, too, even though in the very last breath he just admitted that he doesn't have one anymore. But he's, of course, he's lying. Yeah, I he, know he's lying, but but it's, like, incredibly inconsistent because he's like, yeah, I hocked it, 250 bucks, and then here he's like, no, I don't have it anymore. And then, then he com- talks about comparing swords and just how amazing that sword is. Yeah. And so it's like, huh. Yeah, she should have she should have picked up on that, probably. Yeah. The, the fact that he's like, nah, some, the guy who, because like you're saying, it's like, Guy who has that much reverence for that sword, he's not going to hawk it. <laughs> Come on. Just trying to make himself seem like that much of a low life. You actually had a Hanzo sword and you fucking hawked it. Oh, you I guess hocked. that's it. He's like, just leave me alone. I, yeah. I'm such a loser. You don't. I'm not even worth your time. Yeah. Just get out of here and let me live my loser life. So, so I always, I always enjoyed it. It's just maybe I'm, you know, reading out more than there's there, but. Uh, I always enjoyed this this scene between the two of them because you kind of go. At some point, they had sex. <laughs> at some point, at some you know some time back in the day, you know, and he's kind of going, you know, maybe I'll play it right. Bang now. that eye right out of her. Yeah, maybe. Oh. I think they're siblings. Well, she, That's she, not what happened. Ever since she's kept an eye out yeah. for him. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Hey there. But um, uh, aren't these two siblings? No, he's he's Bill's brother. Yeah. Bill and him are brothers, and then. But doesn't she say what he? She calls at one point. She says Bill, and he says wrong, wrong brother, right? Wrong brother. But the implication would be wrong, wrong brother of hers. No, wrong brother of wrong brother of Bill. Oh, okay, of their family. So, so they can fuck. It's all right. Oh, okay, the same Game of Thrones. Yeah, in in this this movie, it's still all right, no matter what. But. but it's just always so he's, he's he's thinking, yeah, get a little, maybe I mean get 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 one more for the road out of her. But you know, it's kind of always the vibe I got from it. Like, yeah, it's worth a try. Or maybe this is you know he's just that sleazy, just like yeah, I'm just gonna totally flirt with her, just to fuck with her. Why not? Just make her think she's got a chance. <laughs> and now <laughs> she's, she ain't getting no this, piece of this with this <laughs> with this cut of filet mignon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. And now the part of the movie that actually freaked me out completely. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, God, when that snake is, comes out? It's pretty brutal, yeah. We're assuming I, I, that if you've watched the movie, yeah, if you're watching this commentary, you've seen yes. the movie before. Spoiler. But, but uh, it always struck me as kind of like, you know, as if his plan wasn't super villain silly enough. Like, I'm going to bury you alive and walk away. It's like, ours is like, I'm going to put a snake that I hope bites, ah! bites you the instant that uh, I hope it works. Uh, which I hope this snake doesn't suffocate or starve. Yeah, or in the heat. Or, or fall asleep in the yeah. heat. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know, but she does have a sword as a backup, so it's like, well, if it doesn't work, I'll just stab him, I guess. So. That would have been an interesting moment. He opens it. There's a dead snake in it. She's like, shit. No. Just, <laughs> just kill That's, him. sorry. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Yeah. See, I had this it whole... It was more dramatic that way, but here, you're just sliced. There is a trope called ironic death. It's a black mamba. <laughs> <laughs> Although, but it's... We- is that Ooh. ironic or appropriate? Isn't, is it our, it's dramatically ironic. Is it, is okay. it, I the internet to get that right. God damn it, by now, yes. yes. <laughs> is it ironic? I've been telling you and telling you, Define internet. Define irony. Huh? Well, there's different kinds. We'll use it for the rest of the show. Define it's, irony. Well, dr- dramatic irony, I think, is when... Uh-huh. You, w- dramatic irony is when you know something the characters don't, as the audience, I believe. Um, but regular irony is when something happens that is the opposite of, the, of what you would expect. The expected result. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, it's it's, it's, it, well, it's it's the result that you were trying to avoid brings the result. Right. Yeah. You know? try, trying to avoid it brings. brings she was it, trying yeah. so hard to keep her kids from drowning. Her kids drowned. Yeah. That's irony. <laughs> yeah. That's a similar irony. situation. So can I just cut right it's to not, the chase? It's, not, it's like raining ain on your wedding yeah. day. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. No. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not the ice cream man froze to death in a blizzard. That's not irony. <laughs> no. I like trolling a, English that's, students. That's yes, a strange coincidence. It's not irony. Well, it's just like Snape said to Yoda just before he killed Harry Potter. <laughs> you shall not pass. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what he said. I'm pretty. She sure. wrote it all down. Yeah, yeah. she has really nice handwriting. Yeah, she's good. Oh, she was totally prepared for this. She's like, yeah. I, she's like, I had to take take my notes. No, wait, for this. Okay, so so it's the finger holding the holding the the notepad. notepad. So yeah. it's hidden under the notepad now. But uh, I I, I do like that idea of like there's a there you know the Bond villain who who does like the uh, he's going to do the speech but it's like at the at the Academy Awards he pulls out his note cards because <laughs> like oh man I've been waiting sure there, well, there it is right. you, can, you can kind of see it just there I've been preparing it's, it's for little, this it's not a, there's, it wasn't a nail there was like a little a little nub there ah. so so she's missing the end joint the, the tip with the yeah. fingernails oh okay then maybe it was maybe it was really her hand holding the phone mm-hmm. and it just. Then who was no, phone? Then who was phone? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could do a little prosthetic, but it's weird. But just you know, she's really she's so great in this, and she's so intense. And like, God, she's cr- a crazy bitch killer. Yikes! She's scaring me, Daryl. You're scaring me. Yeah. You were so nice when I worked with you, but you're so scary and mean. <laughs> Alfie piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Alfie piece of shit. And so she, how, so and, and again, the the you know code of honor, and yeah. I think we mentioned this it in is the, the previous this one. Is the thing, this is what really pissed her yeah. off. Yeah, she's she's killing him because he didn't kill the other woman appropriately. He yeah. didn't kill the bride or Beatrix, as we no, I think now know her name. Have they, is. Have they finally named her? Uh, no, no, they, not, no yet. not yet. But um, he killed her inappropriately, and so yeah. he deserved to die for that. I think I always thought it was two things. It's like first of all, she wanted to kill her. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, you know, that's I guess it's okay if someone else got her. But the, what what really rubs salt in the wound right. is that it was you and you did it like like a, like a bitch, yeah. and that's 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 just wrong. Oh, and by the way, there's still a snake around there somewhere. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, well, well, supposedly he, I guess he's out of venom, you know. For now. Yeah. Is that how it works? Do they need to like recharge? Well, they do. Their as, as as someone has pointed out, um, you know, rattlesnakes and everything else. Yes, you can get messed up by being bit by a rattlesnake. But rattlesnakes, you know, they don't bring down buffalo. They kill gophers. <laughs> when, they, when, they put, when they put venom into something, it's this much. It's this much venom. It'll make your, you know, because otherwise, evolutionarily, it's like they're, they're wasting, they're wasting their, their thing. You know, it's like I'm going to make lots and lots of venom. And so I can kill mice with it. I'm going to murder everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to kill this mouse so hard it'll go extinct. It'll yeah. just take out <laughs> exactly. the species. <laughs> the sun will go nova when I bite this fucking mouse. I've got so much venom in me. So they do. I mean, it can it can happen. It, it, it's different. I think it's different from different snakes. But like you know, you can get bit. But it's like, well, he just shot his wad. His glands are going to take a little while to secrete more poison. So. Beatrix kiddo. There, there it is. is. There it is. There yeah. it is. I think it would be awesome if all these other kids were assassins too. <laughs> yeah, they all, that's the class. That, that, it, that's volume three. Is this whole yeah. class of assassins <laughs> grown assassin, up? Assassin class. Classassin. The uh, it always struck me as kind of like that's a, that's a an asylum movie. What yeah, you totally. Class assassin. Yeah, class assassin. It 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 did kind of like <laughs> take me aback when I was like, so okay. Through the whole movie, Bill specifically keeps calling her kiddo, and it turns out that's a real name. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, wh- what? 
<laughs> Does that mean something or whatever? So now, I here's, love- here's what they have. I was just going to say that this is a trope that even I know from martial arts movies is the dust that comes yeah. up. Yeah. And they've at, least, they've at least given us a reason. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've, uh, they've, they've hung a lantern on the dust. Yeah. Yeah, they, there's there's the dust, and also just I love the way this is played in the in the constrained space. So she she can't pull the sword out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love the it. way they use that. Apparently, this this was meant to be more of, and actually in the script they actually have a proper, especially when she gets the sword. Mm-hmm. She's like, I got a sword, you got a sword. Let's take this outside, and they do, and, and they, they do. have a sword fight. But uh, apparently, what happened was Tarantino saw Jackass. And he was like, <laughs> "That's awesome!" And he tr- and he turned this into a jackass fight instead, where they're just beating the shit out of each totally other is. as violently as possible inside the trailer. It's uh, actually it's if definitely. Oh, oh that's, that's just wrong. That's oh. very wrong. Well, uh, of course, um, raising Arizona did a great job with the same idea. You know, the, the guys fighting in a trailer where there really isn't room to have a proper fight. But also using the environment well, always you know. Yeah. She's got a guitar. Yeah. She's got a little. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, she does <laughs> a little a barrel roll on Michael Madsen, <laughs> or or on a doll that was set up to look like. Yeah, it. I hope so. <laughs> Michael's like, no, just totally go for it. Just do, do it. it. I'm I'm pretty drunk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking Michael Madsen, I'll be fine. That's like Carrie Elwes saying, "Yeah, go ahead, hit me on the head with the butt of the sword." Yeah. I'm high as a kite right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Of so, course, Carrie Elwes uh, ended up in the hospital. True. So. <laughs> So yeah, two uh, two, <laughs> two blonde checks going for it here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sporting tremendous wood right now. I, uh, <laughs> I am sporting a tremendous woody Newton Crosby. Yep. I love that she she flushes the toilet like that. So she the, can breathe. So she uh, no, yeah, it, it makes great. perfect sense. But again, it's like a, it's a real world thing that you would do. Yeah, it makes total sense. But it's not 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 something action-y. you see. Yeah. yeah. It struck me as like you know she's she's still got the presence of mind to be thinking her way through this. It's like I gotta flush the toilet. That's what I'll do. That's hi ya. Yeah. I do. I do appreciate that that uh, Tarantino resisted the urge to have anything in the toilet. Yes, I do the, appreciate the, the that. Rodriguez didn't, and uh, yeah. Sin City didn't resist that. <laughs> you think Hattori Hanzo would get upset that he would want to uh, have that engraved? <laughs> these aren't gifts. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> First of all, these aren't gifts. Second of all, gay. Yeah, <laughs> really. A little faggy. Yeah. Sushi. I like this little standoff. He said he yeah. pawned it. Well, I guess he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, well, how about that? that makes him a liar, don't it? Now, and then they're going to, like, this hallway is like, this hallway is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> we can't have a sword fight this hallway. You can if, if you do it fencing style. More more, <laughs> th- more thrusting, less slashing. Stab, stab, stab. And, and this this was a, uh, a a miniature surprising yet obvious moment for me as well when she yanks her eyeball out. I'm like, totally set that up. Yeah. Set up that... You know, Pai Mei would have taught her that. Yeah. We saw her do it in the in the House of Blue Leaves to that one guy, and it turned everything black and white. Of course that's what she's going to do right <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And yet I didn't see it coming we, until she did it. And we set it up that, you know, Bill tells uh, Beatrix that if you talk back to him, he'll yeah. fucking he'll pluck your eye out. He'll pluck your eye out. So, oh. so that's what happened. Blech. Which, of course, means that, uh, that L... You know, obviously, was trained after Beatrix, right? Yeah. So, um, and was but, the last one, apparently. Yeah, clearly the last one to go to him. Um, but uh, you know, how did uh, how did Bill take that? You know, there's this guy that she he sends his best and brightest to to be turned into assassins. So it's like, oh uh, yeah, I killed that dude. 
but she still works for Bill, so I guess Bill's pretty lenient on that whole. Maybe well, she, well, well she just lied to yeah. she just lied to Bill about how Bud died. Oh, I'm, okay. so well, Pi May finally died. I yeah. guess twelve hundred was really yeah, his limit. So, yeah, when it's, it's your time, it's your time. I guess <laughs> he was he was just really old, and yeah. you know he was just eating the rice and joking around just, like he yeah. does. <laughs> and uh, what what, just, what a kidder! That then guy, he just yeah. went, or then just went over. But I just thought he was kidding, you know, like he like he would, but. Yeah. So yeah, they they this was this was going to be a big old fight outside, and apparently Tarantino, I'm I'm surprised because it seemed again obvious, but apparently he had a dream where this is what happened, and he's like, we're changing the scene, we're not going to do the sword fight, we're going to do something awesome, and then like he had his effects guys really quickly whip up an eye for him. It's like you have an eye, get me one. They, that can't be – literally that was an on-the-fly idea? Almost, I'm sure oh, it was sure a it couple of days. Day, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that because it's so built into the story. So you're saying right. that everything else about all the other shots about setting it up and must have been come later when they said, oh, well, this is how we'll set it up in those scenes we haven't done yet? Uh, I guess so. That he, he claims it was later or it may have been – because all of that stuff was in the script. It may be that this just finally occurred to him. He's like, oh, my God, we've been setting it up the whole time. <laughs> how did I miss it until now? We have to do it. It's Which could very well be the case. You know, can. surprising but inevitable can be just as surprising and inevitable to the, the filmmaker <laughs> yeah, it as it is to be. the audience. I've yeah. had that experience sometimes where I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't realize that that's where we should we should we should have done all along." Yeah. Apparently, she hurt herself doing this. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. This is a little. Oh, bit. Yeah. oh. that it, that one well, did get the never, audience reaction. Now I she's never going to get it put back in. And this is another sort of, you know, great. Yeah. There's the others there that is. another another great you know subversion of expectations is I'm not even I don't have to kill her she's done yeah you know, it's like what's she gonna do take the, money. Is, take the assassin. money take the money it's not about the money it's not man. about it, the oh, money but it's always a nice bonus it, can, it's, yeah. it would help you know it would certainly help look if it, it's not about the I'll donate it later if I decide yeah. Yeah. I don't need it I'll just there's you know. plenty of reputable charities that could really use yeah. that money I'll come back and get it. Give it to Nikki. Give it to now that snake's going to be living in the lap of luxury. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to Vernita's kid. Be like, listen, yeah. sorry about killing your mom. Here's a million dollars. That actually would have been a nice little coda. Or yeah. Her yeah. I could find the. <laughs> of course, six months later, the girl's still sitting in the kitchen with her dead mom. Like, well, <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's really smelly. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about killing your mom. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Comes with a Hallmark card. Anyway, yeah, there, should, there should be a card with little weddings. Like, no. Anyway, birthdays. Here, here's a million. Thinking dad, of, sorry, I killed, killed your mom. Here's a million dollars. <laughs> sorry, I killed your dad. Thinking sorry, I of your you. Sister. <laughs> Happy belated. Sorry, I killed your mom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I killed your mom, and all I gave you was a stupid card. <laughs> Here we go. Here we're about now, to see Michael Parks. Yeah. Really, just like what? That's the sheriff <laughs> from the yeah, first yeah. one. Is it Esteban? Esteban. 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 His, Esteban Viejo. His accent. Something. His accent is just just amazing. He you reminds just, me. Of you my just want to like grind it up and put it on pancakes. Yeah. It's, just, it's <laughs> so great. He reminds me of my grandpa. Like his 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 mannerisms and stuff. I'm like that's exactly how wait, an old Hispanic man acts. Wait, I have to I have to act dumb here for a second because I excuse me I didn't realize this. The sheriff from the first movie is this guy. Is, is yes. Esteban. Yeah. yeah. Really? Same yeah. Actor, yeah. Michael Parks. I'm willing to look like an idiot just to be like really. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. what I was saying. That's the, you see Michael Parks play the sheriff, and you're like, he's really good. You get him to be the sheriff, yeah. but then you see him do this, and you're like, oh my god, he's just good. <laughs> so, so Michael, um, you're off for a month. Grow the beard, and uh, we'll see you, or the other way around, whichever way it was. Apparently, uh, in fact, he was because what happened was they actually got Ricardo Montalban 
oh. to be Esteban, and oh. he couldn't he couldn't make it to a table read, and so they were like, you know, they were doing a table read of the full script, and Parks was there, and he was just you know hanging out because the script. You know, he was only in the first half of it. He was like, "You take Esteban. You you just just read that one." And then he whips this out, and they, and and Tarantino's like, "Pay off Montalban. Pay him off. We're doing we're doing this with Michael Parks." Aw, that makes me sad. I mean, he does a great job, but yeah. you're ki- oh my god, that's not the same guy. Yeah, it, is. it is the same guy, and you can you can kind of see it too. Yeah. You can and you know you can see it in his face, but they put some good makeup on him to make him look you know sunburned, on top of being darker as uh, Hispanic slightly. But yeah, I seriously like even watching it now, knowing that I can't, uh-huh. I can't see it. I can't either. And yet, yeah. <laughs> are you guys sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> But like, are you really sure? <laughs> yes, for for real, real, not for like, play, play. Yeah, like on a scale of. <laughs> I like his. I'm o- almost falling asleep all the time. Yeah. thing that he does. How may I be of service to you? Yeah. And this is yet another look for her. That yeah, uh, you know. Obviously, she has to go away and recuperate after every one of these jobs because yeah. yeah. she, she comes away pretty thrashed every time. And have... she's, she's so like she's so taken aback by this character. Even there are moments where she's like, "Why am I here, <laughs> Bill?" Right? <laughs> like she has to take a second to totally be like, "I forgot what we were talking." I about. totally forgot why I'm here because you are just so amazing. Do we have any idea of the timeline that this? How long it takes for this entire movie to? The, no, the they events of they this? never really talk about it. Yeah, the the uh, the only thing that's apparently clear is the the event of the uh, when she kills Vernita. That's she's been at this for six months um, because four years and six months ago was the chapel was, was the chapel, and then she's in a coma for four years. She wakes up, and then and Vernita is yeah. six months later. So wh- whatever happens after Vernita, we don't know the timeline. Okay, which, which would make sense because she had to wake up. Go to Okinawa, get the sword, right. train, and then, train with Hanzo, and then kill Oren, and then recover from that. Yeah, so recover from that for a little while, then find Vernita. Yeah, because you would have had to find her as well, mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah. So, so <laughs> Bud had some lead time <laughs> to hear about it. I love the fact that his best possible compliment is, "You would be my best prostitute." <laughs> yeah. Yes, you'd be the best of all my bitches. Yeah. And I, I just love the little line. She's like, well, I'm flattered. You goddamn well better be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pussy the die. die. Mm. That's my favorite line. I'm like, I love the fact he's like, I don't even know what you just said, but that's sad. Whatever. It, isn't that the way it is? <laughs> oh, I love the exchange. Like, he, Bill shot you in the head, no? Yeah. That, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have just cut you. I would have just cut your face. Which, oh. he, which he says, and that's funny, but then later on we see a girl with a cut face, and we're like, oh, yeah. he really does yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's not kidding. He's not exactly your uncle. Yeah. Maybe he is, in which case I am so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if he, if yeah. he's like your uncle. You said it was like your grandfather or something like yeah. that. No, but... not the face-cutting thing. Okay. But, okay. <laughs> Thankfully. His, his, his mannerisms, aside from the face-cutting and prostitute thing. Yeah. Anyway, hi. How you doing? Oof. Right. Oh, so mm. this guy's not nice. Okay, no. got it. 
But again, the weird code of ethics is like they're sitting there reminiscing about Bill. He's like, I loved him like a son, and <laughs> yeah. he would he would want me to help you, and you know I care for him, and blah blah blah. But I will here. cut your face, bitch, and if here. you cross me. Let me call over the specific woman that will show you that I am evil. Yeah. Where's Bill? Hmm. Even he's like, what were we talking about? Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, you come for the range. The yes. movie. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like they're going themselves. They're going. Right, the movie, Kill yes. Bill. I right. got so yeah. distracted by how awesome we are together. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? I got lost in our <laughs> own chemistry. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that could happen. <laughs> and then Bill, of course, is the ultimate guy with the code. I mean, Bill has this whole sort of thing like, yeah, I did that thing. It was messed up. Yeah. 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 In retrospect, that was a mistake. You should <laughs> probably get revenge, I would yeah. imagine, if you think you can. But uh, <laughs> exactly. We're off on the road to Selena. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna prevent you from. I mean, I'm gonna fight you, but I'm not gonna say you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I can talk you out of it because hey, uh, yeah, no, you 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 deserve a shot. It's fine. <laughs> and now we have this weird, and we've had a little bit. We in the first shot at the chapel, uh, that mix of black and white and color. You know, the car and her are in color, but the process is is in black and white. It's like he has a staff. <laughs> Oh, he's staying at a resort. Ah. <laughs> She's like, yep, not making that mistake yeah, again. No, this time, <laughs> this time I'm bringing a gun, too. Yeah. I'll start with the gun, and if he doesn't have one, we'll go to the swords. <laughs> there's the sword. Well, there's right the there. Hanzo sword. All right. Okay. This just got easier. You should take it. It's worth something. It's a really nice resort. It's worth, like, at least 250 as we have established. Yeah, at least. How much? $250. Wow. That's what he pawned it for. Okay. And there we go. What? A... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, this is where you're kind of like, oh, okay. Again, once again, the movie's like, hey, you know that thing that's going to happen? That's not actually going to happen. Yeah. None of that's going to happen. But then again, especially what goes on with the little girl here, it's like the the off-screen movie again with BB it's like what has her dad what has Bill been telling her the last four yeah. years cuz he hasn't he hasn't really lied to her right and she and, and well we see we see Bill talk to to BB later on yeah. and he's he says he tells the truth yeah i hurt mommy yeah i shot her i shot her in and, the head and and he specifically says you know not pretend like what we were doing earlier that was yeah. pretend I didn't shoot her. For yeah, pretend I no, shot her for real. But but then at the the end, you know, people people were like, he just she just the, you know the kid just goes with her goes with her and doesn't freak out and doesn't ask questions. I'm like, I feel like Bill is the dad who would be like, your mommy is coming, <laughs> yeah. and you're going home with one of us, and it might not be me. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll, just it'll be, be ready one for of us. That. I don't know which one. Yeah. Well, he we, said we says... both love you very much. <laughs> no one's going to hurt you. But one of us, you're never going to see again after that <laughs> he, happens. He's the ultimate. He's the ultimate dad. He's he's honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad was always honest with me. I like that about him. I, that's how I remember him. He was that way. And then you know, she's like talking about a conflicted thing. Like I don't know how how to feel about what's happening right now. So, I better just roll with it. Yeah. I tell you though, it's Carradine is is I think uh, as much as the the scene in front of the church was supposed to be really good. I just. The way he deals with the little girl, there's clearly. I mean, I think he was, you know, probably was a grandfather, but at least by the time he by the time he died. But uh, you know, he's so great with the little girl. Like, lie down, you're playing possum. You know, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's so natural with her. You know? you, well, you can tell that he's a great, yeah. great dad. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> like that was fuck was was. Yeah. 
Well, in in the oh, moment, in the, okay. in the moment that yeah. we're seeing, yes. Yeah. Bill was a great dad. Yes, we don't know about any actual Carradine, but yes. he's, he's so you, great with the girl and the little girl. Where did she come from? She's fantastic. Whoever they got her. Do you do you come into this scene and actually say to yourself that there's a chance that this family ends up all happily <laughs> oh, living I totally ever like, after? You know, oh, yeah. At this point, I'm like, you know, they might get it together. <laughs> they might kind of go, yeah. Put our differences aside. We have yeah. a kid. Let's, you know, the the rest of the Deadly Viper assassination squad <laughs> is gone. Yeah. So, you know. It's not like I have to save face with those guys. Go, actually, uh, yeah, we're getting back together. <laughs> it's like it's a terrible thing when you know, like when your friend breaks up with his girlfriend. You go, I always hated her anyway, and then yeah. they get back together. So, <laughs> this would be like the worst. Yes, possi- I do know that. This would, be, yeah, <laughs> this would be the worst possible case of that. Yeah. <laughs> would be like, yeah, oh, your ex girlfriend, I killed her. Actually, we were getting back together. Oh, uh, that's well, this is awkward. I mm. well, you're great together. Yeah, yeah, no, she was sweet. I mean, don't get me wrong. But uh, I'm pretty this, sure this, you said this wasn't about you. Yeah, no, this wasn't about you. So, yeah, I mean, you really thought you were going to get back together? Okay. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, you know, so uh. fish in the sea, huh? Yeah. You think, <laughs> you think BB walked up to That's every? Weird. I should, I should totally leave my cell phone on. That's lesson to me. Leave the cell phone on. Well, I, I think BB went up to every hot blonde woman in yeah, her life. Mommy. Are you my mommy? <laughs> Called her mommy. Are you my mommy? And one day she got it right. This little, this little girl is great too. Yeah, she's yeah. really good. What? Uh, has she been in anything else? Let's find out. <laughs> porn. Oh. Well, when she was no the porn version of she couldn't <laughs> be old enough yet. Well, anyway, <laughs> don't go there. The the, the uh, again, this is apparently real bread. The bimbo. The bimbo bread. bread. Is, is the one time they bread. use real real bread. Uh, the the subtitles got this one wrong because she says you're the most beautifulest woman I saw in the whole wide world. According to that, she says white world. The whole white world. Yeah. What the fuck? She's got this weird way of saying it, and then he repeats it later, which is great. He's like, "That's just well, how that's, we talk around this house." That's just that's what that's what cracks me up about about subtitle people. It's like to do subtitles, you should have a fairly broad command of the English language. So it's like if you actually don't recognize the phrase "the whole wide world." Or if you actually have thought somehow that that's the whole white world? No, no. The, she, the little girl says it, but the, the she says the oh, whole the girl, white the world, but the world. subtitles correct her oh, and say okay. it properly. I see. Well, that's okay. This is a, a kind of a cool story about the, the fish. She just kills the fish to watch it die. See, and it's like, oh, you are my kid, aren't yeah, you? They didn't, correct gold, <laughs> they didn't correct goldfish. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kill Bill, Spider-Man 3, Dark Water. What the hell is Dark Water? Oh, that's the, she, was she the daughter in Dark Water? That's the one with the, that's another Japanese ghost you, movie. Her yeah. name is Perla Haney Jardine. Oh. I didn't see the new Dark Water. I saw the Japanese version. The original, I didn't the see Jennifer the Jennifer Connelly remake. Remake, yeah. She was Penny Marco in Spider-Man 3. No kidding. Whatever that, what, whoever that person was. <laughs> uh, I didn't the see The daughter Spider-Man. of Sandman. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't see Spider-Man 3 for good oh, reason. Oh, okay. So there you go. So you know she's got a she's got a career. Good for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for her. However, <laughs> the, the Kill Bill this this movie was the very first thing. Uh-huh. I would <laughs> hope so. She <laughs> she probably couldn't have walked or spoken much before this. She was she was actually cast in the womb by the time they were finished pre-production. <laughs> she was ready to to appear. This is 
I, I think one of the reasons that this scene is great is again the dramatic tension where you see it. <laughs> yeah, you like, see it on Uma Thurman's face this yeah, whole time. She's yeah. like, oh, as soon as you, we put her to bed, <laughs> as soon as we put her to bed, some shit gonna go down. You are, you're. I see what you're doing. Yeah, she, you're, you're. She's sitting there like, no, you can stay up a little more yeah. tonight. You know, it's yeah. a special occasion. Mommy's here, and mommy's like, you should go to bed now. <laughs> it's past her bedtime. Even though we we get a reversal on that where. The BB wants to watch the long movie, right? And Bill's like, "No, no, no, that's too long." And yeah, and with him, he's like, "No, no, 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 it's fine." Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, it's it's the, it makes it interesting. You're like, I almost don't even care what they're talking about because you just know wh- what's going to happen. But at the same time, he's catching her up. He's like, "Here's how you know. Here's what you've been missing. Here's, <laughs> yeah. here's how your kid is." And it's it's a really sweet moment and stuff like that. And it makes it. Here's the life you could have. Yeah. It makes it, and it makes it difficult later because you know I, I th- people haven't had probably this exact experience, but you know there's the time where it's like you have to have a serious talk with someone, and you go hang out, and you're like you're just hanging out, and you're like I, th- I don't yeah. know when to bring this up. But We're you, having a really good time, but, but you know it's coming. It's got to come up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so that's what this is the whole time. And then after after the movie, when she's when she's taking her walk downstairs, that's the moment where it's like. I know what this fe- – not this exact thing where you're going to go kill the guy. Right. But I know that this is the feeling of this is the moment that, that has to come out, yeah. you know? And again, like you said, it's like we may not have been in those exact situations, but we empathize with those characters right. and what they're going through because we can understand that kind that, of situation. That basic yeah. emotional – that human reality that we've all – that we all go through. Yeah. Because we, we all go through the same basic – handful of emotions and situations right and movies are really just about taking those and adding aliens or sword fights yeah. to them <laughs> so they're more interesting to watch exactly but yeah the overall again bill bill is a great dad because this kid is very well adjusted and is taking this <laughs> yeah. incredibly well <laughs> yeah just even this much i don't know i don't know if the fact that a kid taking this this well is a good sign <laughs> <laughs> I don't think kids should have to be dealing with situations like this. Mommy, when Dad shot you, did it hurt? A little bit, honey, but then it put me to sleep. Oh, okay. Huh. But we've already seen that she's already a part of that world in the sense that she just killed a goldfish to see what would happen. Yeah. She killed a goldfish just to watch it die. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally what she did. (laughs) And she was like, oh, no, I killed him. (laughs) Just to get the reference in, Shogun Assassin. No, no. But again, but again, such a realistic kid thing. She was like, "I accidentally stepped on him." Yeah, I, I'm like, that is exactly what a kid would say yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to try and get out of it. So that goddamn you, Bill. <laughs> this Bill's like, all right, no matter how this works out, she's gonna get to spend some time with the kid. She'll come out when she's ready. We'll do this. Whatever happens, the we're gonna families do it. all together. Yes. Can't we just? Can't we just? Stop. Just kill some people as a family. <laughs> just just once. Just, yeah. I, I, you know that's what Bill would love to happen. Like yeah. for them to get back together yeah. and be an own little like samurai assassin yeah. family. Start a whole new Which, generation. by the way, let's, let's see that movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I love the fact that she's watching like this she's movie. She's watching exactly those kinds of movies. Right. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's set up for it. She's going to grow up and be hit girl. Yeah. 
She, I was, I was thinking that. I'm like, she is very much like when he said, "I'm not sure it's okay for a little kid to be thinking of that." I, I immediately thought of Hit Girl. I'm like, Hit Girl is not okay. That's yeah. that's yeah. The, the going too far, being a good dad thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hit Girl is definitely messed up. Now we're gonna teach you the sniper rifle first. Yeah. The knife you'll learn last. Uh. <laughs> and we'll give you merit no, badges. No, we should start with the knife because you don't want to have to depend on the on the gun. You uh, start with the knife. Honey, we talked about this. Yeah, in front of the children. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's the way you were raised, but we just decided. <laughs> Another go- uh, really strong musical choice as well. It's like, yeah. I know the original and then this remix is like weird, but works. Works yeah. emotionally for the moment. And you know, it's, it's funny with... You would think with Tarantino being as as focused on music and music playing as big of a part as they music always does in his films, you would think that they would lay the track down and edit the scene to the music. But as it turns out, at least when he was editing with Sally Menke, that wasn't the case. He would have the he would know what music he wanted, what song he was going to use for a particular scene months in advance, long before they would shoot it. But when they actually got to the editing room, they would edit without the music, then lay the track in, and then tweak it. But they very much edited without editing to the music. They, they edited it to they, its own rhythm. They edited it to the emotion and the behavior of the scene So first. it doesn't become a music video? Yeah. yeah, and I think I think you can tell in the way it performs because the the editing is very much dictated by performances and by emotion and by the, the human actions in the, in the scene and not kind of arbitrarily dictated by the beats. Yeah, of, you don't feel it cutting to the beat. Yeah, the, exactly. It's just, it's just there, and, and sometimes it matches up as, right. as it will well, just happen. Well, because they go back and they tweak yeah. to, to make it flow properly. Yeah. But the, the real, the meat of the scene, the, the spine of the, the editing, is not a slave to the right, music. Right, right. And I think, I think again, that's, that's a difference between Tarantino and some of his imitators, probably. Exactly, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really and nice that, well, place. that goes Let's back just... to what we were saying in Volume 1. Sorry, it was the difference between actual Tarantino and Tarantino's lesser in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, imitators is at the core of Tarantino, for all those set dressing, for all the window dressing and the, the, sh- the cartooniness, you still have the core of really strong situations and characters and performances yeah. at, the, at the very center of all of that extra stuff. Yeah, there's, there, there is a substance underneath all of his style, and the other people just see the style and right. try and imitate it. Which people probably didn't people people either give Tarantino too little or too much credit probably for the substance, but he he has just the right amount, I think. I think it's just a matter of Tarantino is just a poor example of a filmmaker to fixate on early on in your early yeah. on in your own maturation as a film critic because you you latch on. I mean, I know I did it with when I first became a cinephile and really into film. More with like Kubrick than with with Tarantino, but when you first really get into film, you find characters that right. you you like those characters, like you like the character of Tarantino, right. or you like the character of Kubrick, as, you know Kubrick as a as a monastic kind of perfectionist, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on on his hill by himself, like you whatever it is, whatever you identify, you identify with the filmmaker rather than their work yeah. more so, yeah. and people for whatever reason identify with Tarantino as the character and because of his style because they want to imitate who he is versus his work. Well, it's almost an, an acting thing. It's almost like uh oh 
God, it's escaping me right now. What's it called when you're, you're not feeling the emotion? You're just like, I'm angry, so I'm oh, indicating. 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 Yeah. You're, you're indicating right. almost. You're like, you're like, this is how Tarantino acts, so I'll act like that, and I'll, yeah. it'll make me a director. And yeah, it's like, exactly. no, no, the other thing. Yeah. The, 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 um, it's also a bad choice to emulate someone as a style whose style is to emulate a bunch of other movies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh. like, it's like you can't do Tarantino because, you know, unless you are aware of movies because he's emulating other movies. Right. So like when he does something, it's like that. That's that's because it was in a different movie, right? And uh, yeah, T- Tarantino also just because he's he is in his way so unique. Like it's it's some something you have to fight with whenever I'm talking to people who you know they're they're looking for critiques and stuff like that. I'll say, well, you know, this doesn't really work. Blah blah. blah. They'll be like, oh, but Tarantino, no, no, shut up, you're not him. <laughs> You're not Tarantino. No one is Tarantino except Tarantino, mm-hmm. so you don't ever get to play that card. Yeah. You know? Same with writing. They're like, well, in Pulp Fiction, that is not what you wrote. <laughs> you didn't write Pulp Fiction. You never get to play that card. <laughs> <laughs> and even Tarantino isn't Tarantino in the sense that Tarantino, quote-unquote, as we refer, refer to him in situations like that, is actually Tarantino plus Menke. Right, in, right. In many ways. Yeah, Exactly. I did. I, I do like the scene where he shoots at her a couple times. Like, I'm oh, just fucking with the way he waves it. Yeah, physicality. He also has the same thing with the with the knife earlier when he's talking about the flopping fish. He's uh-huh. kind of flopping this, yeah. the knife back and forth. I love this. I love the read of that line. What the fuck did you just shoot me? <laughs> just, she just just nailed that line. Yeah. So he, there there was apparently in in the earlier drafts, and I don't remember. Uh, reading this but it may have just gone past me uh he was a chemist so like the thing yeah. she almost injected uh, uh l almost injected her with in the hospital that was another thing that he made um and so it was kind of a running thing so it's it's coming back here um whereas here it's just like i made a truth serum and shot you with it it's a thing yeah it's a well, thing they, and it's like okay sure why not they reference him as an inventor or that as one of his inventions in here and it's like it's an extra detail it's okay so i guess he's an inventor but you you totally buy it at this point <laughs> for whatever reason. I, I do like his disappointment that she's yeah. not you know having an orgasm. Yeah, right now. you should feel euphoria. Do you feel euphoria? No, no. Oh, oh, that's that's damn. Now, okay, now here's the great speech about what's so fucked up about Superman, which yeah. is you know Tarantino. You know, of course, just expounding it on some topic of you know this is this is Tarantino up. speaking through a character. Exactly. Yeah. It's like when he can't we can't do it himself to talk about what like a virgin really means. You know, he's he's just gonna give, <laughs> or that Top Gun is a movie about homosexuality. Yeah, he's just gonna give us, you know, this this speech. But it is, it's, it's. I think it's like I, you know, he's got a point. He does. I, just, he really I was does. like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense. Here we go. Two minutes from this point, and he's gonna talk for two yeah. minutes. And again, only Tarantino would go. Yeah, I gave you an entire movie of nothing but crazy Hong Kong action, and then to build up to this great final set piece in which it's gonna be a two minute monologue, and then he's. They're going to talk, and then he's going to drop dead. That's that's the end. That's the ending. Tarantino, you you bastard. Although that that was uh, that was another kind of accident of production because they again were going to have a big sword fight, and she was go- it was going to be she was in the bridal gown, and everything. There was going to be a sword fight on the beach, and it was going to turn out the same way. She you know hack slash bang bang bang, and then she does the five point palm technique, um, and then finally the Weinstein's were like. Quentin, we're drawing the line. We're drawing the line. You have to wrap this up. And then it just became they're talking around a table, and then she kills him. <laughs> but it, but it wound up it wound up working. I think um, in, in it's a strange great. It's way. A, it's a just a subversion of your expectations, yeah. which 
can be a good thing or a bad thing depending yeah. on how you pull it off. But you're always risking something when you're setting up your audience to expect one thing and then you hand them another. Right. And that's, that's that's what I was saying at the very, very top is that it was kind of a letdown for me and that the whole buildup is kill the, the title <laughs> right. of the movie of two is movies. Kill Bill. But, she's, uh, Which, but she but does. She does. Yeah. But, she, yeah. Oh, well, of course. But, it, but she builds up saying. to the point where she, uh, you know she's she's building up to the point where she's good enough to match him, and it's more you know being more like a samurai movie or a western. Right. You know those are like ready, draw, bang, and that's the end. That's that's what this movie is. This it's not a Hong Kong movie, so you don't get the fight scene. You just get the. Whoever blinks first loses. There, there are so few movies, I think, that really adequately do the two-step process of building up a final climax between two characters and then delivering on that promise. And the, the only one that I ever really comes to mind that really pulled it off was Rob Roy in Liam Neeson and Tim Roth's characters finally having the fight that they deserve to have. Princess Bride had the crucial problem wherein the fight between Carrie Elwes and Manny Patinkin is supposed to be, quote-unquote, the second greatest sword fight ever. And that end fight was not nearly as fluid, but you still have the really, really great moment where he fights back and has the final end line. But the idea of a fight, the fight itself being that large and of scope, holding up to the level of conflict that was there... I, I don't see it enough. I don't think that it pro- gets properly executed enough in, in movies. And so when I saw this, I'm like, I'm just waiting. They're talking, and I'm just waiting for them to have their fight. And then I didn't get it. And so <laughs> that, that kind of upset me a little bit, and it was a bit of a downer for me. I totally understand what they are doing here. I, it, I think it does have value. But for me, what I was expecting, just it wasn't. I felt, I felt saddened. Yeah, I don't know. I, t- I can totally see that point, but I... There's something about the way that he sets up the expectations and then subverts them. I mean, that's why I love uh, Inglorious Bastards, which I know uh, Teague was not a fan of, because it it sets you up for this, you know, revenge of of Brad Pitt and his squad going nuts on Nazis. But then it 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 sets you up to expect that, but then subverts those expectations. It's like the way you subverted that was awesome. What you did instead, I loved. But um, it's always a dangerous thing when you're because so much of of how somebody's going to react to your movie or to your to your story depends on the expectations you set up for them. All right, come on, bring it in. <laughs> oh, that's the sound of Teague leaning forward every time you hear that. I didn't oh. like Inglorious Bastards either. I just want to get yeah. that in. I haven't seen it, so I don't know what the hell happened. I, I know Trey doesn't agree with me on on the Fight Club thing, but here's what I think it boils down to: if you're going to pull a mass subversion and take the thing that they thought and do something else with it, and you're like, oh, I'm a fucking genius. The thing you subvert should not be cooler than the thing you do. Yeah. Fight Club is going to be a dumb movie about these assholes boxing, and it ends up being this cool, taut psychological thriller with some interesting sociological undertones. Inglorious Bastards was going to be the best Quentin Tarantino movie ever. And it's a three-hour poem in French. They constantly, uh, everyone, I mean, in the behind-the-scenes of this one, they, they refer to it because it's been working on it for so long. They call it Tarantino's war epic. There was nothing epic <laughs> yeah. about Inglorious Bastards. Well, I think that was the press kind of doing their own job for themselves in that Tarantino's going to make a war movie. Yeah, you know? it's like, he, Tarantino's not responsible for your expectations. Right. Except that he yeah. says it. He says yeah. he's working on a war epic. Well, that's just a, you know, well, when you, you know, it end, doesn't it end where they kill Hitler? That's pretty epic. Yeah. But the, um, this, I, I always forget this little, this little scene that comes, you know, just sticks right in, which I love. I oh, love this, this scene. Oh, with yeah. The, oh with yeah. This, it's so amazing. It's so crazy. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> 
know, this character. I want to see more of this character, Vicky Vicky Wong, uh, whatever. Karen, it is. Karen, Karen Wong. Something. It's just I just want to see more of her. Uh, not that it matters. I'm a fucking surgeon with this thing. I mean, yeah. she's like, she's, <laughs> this, that scene is, scene is just classic. These two women who are like, okay, uh, what are we going to do? Because well, because you look at it, you're like, oh, there's more than just these five out there. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Well, there, we have our deadly viper assassination squad, yeah. which means there are other squads. Yeah, yeah. Deadly yeah. anaconda assassination <laughs> squad. Yeah, it's like what 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 team is she from? I'm, I'm yeah. from the wild mongoose squad. I've heard a lot about you guys. You guys are supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> I just had this picture of them playing on the softball teams at the, at the, <laughs> yeah, at the exactly. annual picnic. Yeah. Which which district do you guys operate you in? You know, you don't scare me. I, I work for Bill. Are you are you southeast? Um, Lisa Wong. Are you going to be Lisa at the Wong. Are you going to be at the conference? Well, Lisa Lisa, oh, Lisa Wong, Wong is the is, is the, the is the head. person sending. Okay, so this is whoever it is. We don't even know Karen Kim. Karen Kim. So she says. I bet she's even lying. She might even be lying. <laughs> that's probably I bet true. That's she refers her to her as Karen, yeah. though. Yeah. It's a great surprise shot. Yeah. Whoops. But she immediately she's like, I see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Just get her get her shotgun out. Ooh, catches it with the butt of the shotgun. How about Ooh-chink. that? And then it's like she was so pretty, and now she's not because she's like, "I'm in Terminator mode." So I I understand what you're saying, but I think you know, again, that's that's what one of the things I admire about Tarantino. And and you have to have you know made Pulp Fiction and, and earned all the money in the world to get Miramax to to allow you to you're going to do a movie with the no action climax, <laughs> or, 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 to, or to demand that they cut the action climax if that uh, if that story is is true. Um, but you know that's good because it's like by this point it's like if you haven't seen enough fucking sword fighting by this point you're never going to be satisfied by more sword fighting so it's like you know it's like it's it's a dramatically true ending it's like you know it's there's that's why that's one of the reasons why I give the slight edge to this one because it feels like more of a movie because it 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 has a you know a character resolution and not like right. not like the, and then they bang swords together until somebody won the the climax is is about the emotions they're feeling and then the behaviors and and the, their relationship climax yeah. is it climaxes in how they interact with each other not necessarily with the banging of swords exactly and and bill and and beatrix's relationship is you know one of the great movie relationships we've seen because it isn't Hollywood, you know, it's like no, it's like a real relationship. Yes, it's, it's really, it's weird and messed up. I got mad like, at you and attempted to kill there's you. There's a lot wrong with it, yeah. and yet there's a lot right with it. And maybe they bad. should really be together. It's hard to say exactly, but uh, God, it's because you don't fucking know. In real life, you never fucking know. So, people who think they're like, you know, I know I'm with the right person. I just, I think they're shallow. That's what I think. <laughs> That's because I'm a cynical prick. But uh, like, you just, you're completely convinced you're with the right person, like twenty four seven. You don't you just don't have much of an inner life there. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> if you're yeah. not even questioning. You're you're never upset at the yeah. other person. You never you never get annoyed. You never get frustrated. So you're, <laughs> so she's, she's reading it. <laughs> yes. So so you know Bill and Bill and Beatrix is like I I haven't been in that relationship specifically, <laughs> but I've been in relationships that were like that complex where you're like wow this is anyway what the fuck are we gonna do I don't know how do we resolve this. <laughs> Maybe it's like maybe that was maybe that should have been the answer to some of mine. One of us just should have killed the other. Just gotten <laughs> I really just should have blown just, your fucking just, brains should out. Just you know, yeah. Like I'm kind of like I'm kind of with Carradine's attitude. It's like I don't care if it's me, but one way or the other, one of us has to go. So if you think you want, you want to take me out, feel free. Either way, we're either way the problem is solved. I love I love Bill's response to it. Like he completely takes responsibility for it. He's he's not trying to dodge it in any way. But he's like, hey, 
I fucked up. I'm sorry about that. What do you want to do next? Yeah? <laughs> so, how do you want to handle hey, it? I fucked up. Come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am no bro. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that bizarre little moment there. But, you know, but then it also is, it's the answer to the question. But, yes. uh, but also makes it a great, interesting, fun scene as opposed to... Yeah, as opposed uh, to... Someone else could she could have just told it. She could have done a monologue. It didn't have to be a scene, but she, it was fun. Or even... It, yeah, it could have been a monologue. You could have not even had the Karen Kim thing. Just, you know, you see her in the bathroom. She looks at the strip. My God. And then we yeah. come back to this. And you when know, I saw that, I would have done that. I, wouldn't, I couldn't do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. I was like, but they had this fun blast. Yeah. <laughs> Tarantino had this one little brainstorm of like a wacky scene. Then because because the thing he does best, and we've we've... You know, said it several times is characters, yeah. and you know, even even Karen is yeah. like, wow, she's quite an you know, that's a real person. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you, like you said, you're like, I want to see her movie now. <laughs> yeah. I want to follow her around yeah. because she seems fascinating. And she and both of them were like, I don't know what to do. We're in. A real, I've never been in this situation before. <laughs> this is messed up. I can't find the thing. God, uh, you know. So she. So now we finally are like, okay, all the cards are on the table. Yeah. We're finally understanding at the same time as they are. And, and what exactly went down? Interestingly enough, you know, it's it's not that it's not that uh, Beatrix like stopped loving Bill, right. and you know, it's not like that changed at all. It was more yeah. like it's for this other person that I I, you know, even which if you can if it's not what I even want necessarily, but yeah. for someone else, I can't be doing this anymore. Which you can totally see in her performance. You can see in every moment of Uma Thurman's performance. That she has this conflict of she both loves Bill and <laughs> yeah. hates her, yeah. uh, hates him. She he, she hates him, but she still loves him. And as much as you can see it in his performance, would love nothing more than to just go on and be a family and and put this behind them. But but that's not how the that, that's works. that's not <laughs> how their universe works. It could have. I could totally see the movie ending that way. I, as, yeah, so could <laughs> yeah. I. And it, I mean, it totally sets you an up. It sets it up to this point where you go, they, you totally buy the fact they could, they could bury their hatchet and move on. It's, I, it's, I love it's this lecture right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, by the way, that I know was, that I shot you in the face, yeah. but when you lied about being dead, that was mean. I was upset, and that was <laughs> well, a mean thing. To he do. is giving that as his motivation. Yeah. It's like it's like I was pissed. You know, it's like yeah. hey, we know. Yeah, I realized Which, you, again, is, yeah. a to- is a thing that absolutely happens in relationships. Yeah. You go, all right, I fucked up, but I was pissed because you yeah, did this you, bullshit thing. What you thing. did was messed up. You yeah. admit that. But, but you're in the – he's got you to the point where you're in the same place that these characters are, where you're like – there's there's the part of you that's like they really should just bury the hatchet and get back together, and there's the part of you that's like one of them has got to go. <laughs> yeah. They've got the this isn't going this. I know this isn't going to work. <laughs> they have to go at it, and one of them has got to come out on top, or they've got to kill each other. But they can't they can't live together. It just isn't going to work as much as I want it to. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> yeah, the, she gets to. <laughs> there's there was was that okay? I think in, I think that's movie history because that was a. Sex double take she just did. <laughs> pretty sure if you go back and count, Nate, it, Nathan Fillion does a pretty good sex double take. Okay, but I don't know. If you go back and count, he freeze frame. It might have been a septuple, but uh, it was almost like her reaction was step printed. <laughs> the way yeah. she leans forward, it actually was a lean forward, and they actually like time channeled it. So she. Like, <laughs> 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 that should have been the tagline for the movie. There are consequences. <laughs> to breaking the heart of a murdering bastard. <laughs> the heart of a murdering bastard. 
Well, that would be that That's would be title. the that would be the tagline if if he had gone on a rampage. Yeah. If this were a Charles Bronson movie, yeah. right? <laughs> oh shit! Here he comes. He's brokenhearted. Yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> Stella, oh, yeah. I don't want to tell you the things he'll do to you when he's in a good mood. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Let's His teacher killed a tribe of people yeah. for not nodding back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he sends his girlfriends to learn from that guy. So what do you think his home life is like? <laughs> like maybe that's maybe that's the problem. It's like, yeah, you can send him to Pi May to be trained, but you don't want him to be your girlfriend after that. Just that's where that's where you're making your mistake, Bill. Once they go up that hill, they're not your girlfriend anymore. And here we go. Here we go. This, this fight is what ten seconds long. Yeah, and they don't yeah. even yeah. get out of that. And they don't even get up. <laughs> that's, yeah. just, that's what's so funny and perverse about it is they don't even get out of their chairs. There we go. And boom. There, there is the one trick where we've only heard this referred to. We haven't actually seen it done. But this is a trope called "You're Already Dead," uh-huh. which is a really cool trope because nice. if you like look through all the examples, it's like moments where the fact that this character is about to die is for it's a foregone conclusion. It's already done. And now it's that moment afterwards. Yeah, that was in uh, that was in V for Vendetta as well with the Doctor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's that's good. I think I think you're already dead. Maybe one of the most overused <laughs> trope <laughs> endings in films. Yeah. Now, if you're Bill, just be in the chair. Just, from now yeah, on. just <laughs> get yourself a wheelchair. <laughs> get me a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great setup. It's like, well, that that neutralizes the threat because Bill could never get out of the chair yeah, ever yeah. again. It's like, it's not that he can't walk. It's that, well, if he does, he'll die. It's complicated, but okay. Yeah, and this I love. That's always a line that struck me as so whacked out. Is here she's ki- she's killed him, and he goes, "You're not a bad person. You're a terrific person. You're my favorite person." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and he, but every once in a while well, you can, can be, be a real, real cunt. Yeah. The thing is. And he means it. I mean, it's yeah. like, that's all true. <laughs> it's entirely true. And now she's, you know, it's, she's so sad to see him yeah. go, yeah. God, I, I really hate that I had to kill yeah, you. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. I really wish I didn't have to. I yeah. loved you, you douchebag. <laughs> but you made me kill you because, quite frankly, if I didn't do it now, you would have later. I know <laughs> yeah. that about you. Yeah. How do I look? <laughs> So this is uh, just a wonderfully played scene. It's just wonders, you know, it's where she's like, you yeah, know. just checking your pulse. And it, okay. And it also, well, it also echoes the the scene at the the wedding rehearsal because she asks yeah. him that yeah. before she goes off to die, like. even though she doesn't know that. <laughs> All right. It's beautifully done. She yeah. just gave him permission to die. Yeah. Does it nice and slow? Yeah, this little bit. And then what the music. Seeing, I'm going to stand up. Yeah. Maybe I, it doesn't work. What about that? Yeah. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe you maybe, did it wrong. Let's find out. Did that count as a step? Do I have four or five left? Yeah. Crap. Did they give you the manual on this? He actually, in the in the script, it's described as you can, you like hear it. It sounds yeah. like a tire blowout. I'm glad they didn't do that yeah, because that yeah. would have been, that would have lame. been too silly for this moment. For this moment, yeah. yeah. It's also, it was, I read it as a little bit of pride, you know. That he's like, wow. One, Pime, Pime really, Pime two, really taught you well. He's like, three, four, <laughs> five. And there it was. Son of a Dang boss. it. Carradine can still take Damn the Damn it, fall. I thought you fucked it up. <laughs> There's a, there was a little sense of like, you know, when he says he, he taught you the, the, the technique, you know, that, that he's kind of like, so yeah, so I was I was right to send you to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly so it's, it's you also, earned his respect yeah. to the point where he taught you that. 
And it's also it's a my girlfriend's awesome. <laughs> but if a final <laughs> nail in, the, in the <laughs> I mean it's that, it's that kind of twisted thing. It's like, it's like did you see that? She I, totally yeah. I raise them well. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's my girl. This reflects so well on me. <laughs> But there's also the fact that it's that's the final nail in the coffin of their relationship in the sense that, oh, he taught you that and you never told me. Why didn't you tell me that he taught you that? And she's like, I'm a bad person. Because, <laughs> and it's like, because on some level, I knew I might have to yeah. use it on you. Uh, just That's how it is. Some level, I just knew. <laughs> yeah. Now this... Because, you know, in a relationship, you're supposed to trust the other person 100%, ideally, but... Again, BB likes racist cartoons. Yeah, she does. Is that ever she's, really the case? She's going to be okay. So this this scene is a little, you know, a little bit long, but uh, you know, it's okay. But uh, it always struck me as kind of like just, boy, if you could have just ended with Carradine hits the hits the dirt and thanks, you know, cut to them driving off in the car and you know the end. I uh, yeah, I could I could see it either way. I really like seeing her just. Dealing with everything in the I do read it. It's not that I hate the scene or anything yeah. like that. I mean, I, I, again, it's 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 at the same time. I'm so happy the movie has the luxury of being able to do that. Yeah, and she got this this scene right here is so creepy. It's like she's grieving and celebrating that it's all <laughs> over. She is. And she has her yeah. kid, and she's like, I don't know whether I'm happy right. or sad. But but like you say, she's what, earned it. What movie is going to show you the complexity of emotion that this <laughs> character has has wound up? <laughs> in you know mm. how how rarely are you going to to see first of all anyone wind up in a situation like this where you're like yeah. i got my revenge i got my kid but i killed the man i love but he deserved it and uh, it was so hard to get <laughs> there you know yeah. so I was in a coma but for I, four I, years but well but i'd like to thank him. the academy yeah. and everyone that helped me make it here was she nominated she didn't win obviously she was nominated for golden globe I know she swept. They swept at the MTV Movie Awards. Well, rightly so. She really should have been nominated for an Oscar. This this is easily yes. Oscar worthy. Easily. Yeah, but people uh, series uh, like sequels and whatnot always get nailed. <laughs> no, because it took like because Lord of the Rings. It took until Return of the King, and then True. they gave him the pity of well, really, all three of them really deserved it. So now we're going to totally over reward them on everything. It's kind of it's kind of shocking that. Uh, Sigourney Weaver actually was nominated for for Aliens. Oh, now um, I see it. Okay, Mike. Yeah, that is Michael Parks. Holy crap. (laughs) Bald Bald guy. guy. Oh, yeah, him, yeah. That's a businessman? I (laughs) I like that they they do this for the entire movie in part two. Yeah. 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 Even though they they were credited in the first, you know, the first one. Yeah, but he wants to give them their due. Yeah. Wants to be like, no, no, this one, in case you didn't know the name (laughs) and the face. Yes. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. And He's also he, he puts his name, uh, he puts his credit at the end of all this. He puts the, the actors first. And yeah. only after he's shown all of them does he do the uh, written and directed by credit. Oh. So. Good for him. Unusual, <laughs> but yeah. Good for him. Yeah, she is. She gets a little bit of screen time for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bit, yeah. She I deserved remember, it. Remember her? Liked, remember how hot she was? I think he likes her. I think yeah. he likes her a little bit. Ooh, that's a good stunt. And now we get to see the stunt, like they're talking about the stunt team. We're seeing this in color, by the way. Yeah, yeah which is cool. The fight team, yeah. The... It's like, oh, so it was in color, okay. And then it was black and white. 
So this, yeah! <laughs> it was nice that they subtitled that for us. This, this is going to go on for a while. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're really doing everybody. Ending. We can just go ahead and wrap up. I think, <laughs> I think, I think we can do a wrap up here. No, yeah. let them take their bow. They can take their bow without us not preventing them from taking their rows. Julie Dreyfus, very pretty. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, also pretty. Also very pretty. Not, not related. Jeannie Epper. That's right. Jeannie Epper is who that is. Jeannie Epper is, is from the Epper stunt family. She's a stunt woman. That's, oh, that's, really? That's the, that's the trivia about her. I remember she was somebody, and I couldn't remember. And that's Chris Nelson, which what, kills me. Who is Chris Nelson? Chris Nelson is a, is a makeup artist. What? what? That uh, I'm almost certain is, I've, that I've worked with. Um, it's, yeah. It's weird. But uh, but but Tarantino does that. He he, he has uh, you know he has makeup guys and Rodriguez as well who who end up uh, acting in some of the films. Like Pretty sure that's the Chris Nelson I worked with in the visual effects world. Daryl, the California I, mountain snake. I can't really it. tell any rhyme or reason for the order of these <laughs> these no, characters. No. It just seems to be in vague chronological. Kind of chronological. Oh yeah, chronological. I guess yeah. <laughs> that's and then with the punchline. <laughs> it's the final punchline there. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Perla Haney Poor kid with that name She's never going to have a career with that name <laughs> Hey at least her name isn't Daryl That's true And there's Uma with her five different names Well but of course it's because there's the Little punchline here yeah. at the end Mommy. Yes. I get it It's sweet Something I don't think I had noticed before uh, Watching these today uh, Of course you'll be hearing them Weeks apart, but here at watching them today is how good of a story this really is. This like four hour tale, these two movies, it really it does it feels like you've read a book a little bit uh-huh. yeah. more than watched a movie, which is weird for a guy who directs movies that are like made of movies. <laughs> you know, it's and it's weird. It has these movie cliches and fight scenes and stuff like that. It's it's just a good story. It's interesting. And it's I think when people try to do an exploitation film when they make that decision, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot. I'm going to make an exploitation. Well, that's you've already you you you've set out a different path than someone who would have made an exploitation film. And I think he tends to get that right more than everyone else, which is part of the part of the difference. Uh, because don't take my mic away from me, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that's your problem. Well, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, what the exploitation thing? Uh, because at, at the heart of an exploitation film is a a movie that was intended by the maker not to necessarily make you feel someone's struggle. It's just to put on display something that happens in the world, some injustice or whatever it is. Whereas and exploit the, it. Yeah, exactly, and exploit it. That's what it is. This, for being something that's, that shares those trappings, is actually a really interesting and fleshed-out story about an interesting and fleshed-out character who you feel for and who the performance works for. He's using, he's using the different tropes and whatnot and the genres in the, in the, as tools to tell the story he yeah. originally set out. He's not just doing it to masturbate to the different genres. At the heart of it, there is yeah. something he's trying to communicate, and that's why it succeeds. As, we, as we've mentioned many times, in, you know, the idea that, that modern Hollywood is what now makes what used to be the B-movies, except they make them with the big budgets. Yeah. Modern Hollywood is where you get exploitation films now. <laughs> you know, it's like, G.I. Joe, if that's not a fucking exploitation <laughs> film, I don't know what is. You know, it's like if you fetishize those little toy dolls, here's a whole movie about that shit. You know, let's let's here you go. So it's like again, you want right. you fetishize the giant shark. Here's a giant <laughs> yeah, shark. Okay, and, and we're gonna giant shark the fuck out of you. Here you go. Here it comes. So actually, it's, it's like they're giving us the the end credits of both movies at the end of this movie. Yeah, like, they they just give all the same credits again. Yeah. 
So it's like, what was the movie? God, God help you, was the movie running short, Quentin? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And Robert Richardson had his work cut out for him from trying to do four different movies and two movies and one movie. Seriously, yeah. t- ten different genres and two movies? Poor guy. It's the kind of thing that you, you would hope that a cinematographer would go, awesome. Yeah. This is so awesome. <laughs> Gee, I don't, I don't know, Wally. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't like get into this business to come up with great ways to make things look with light and color. That's that's not why I became a cinematographer. I'm not here to think about new things. Yes, <laughs> I want. To I'm do here to do the old things over and over again yeah. and get paid very well for them. That's what I want to do. Chris, summarize your opinion. Uh, summarize my opinion of Kill Bill. Um, that awesome. was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I I don't think I can add any more than what I've already said over the last two episodes. So, Brian. Yeah, I, well, I think you I, you hit on a good point, Teague. With this, this might be his best uh, story. Uh, uh, story, definitely. Um, you really have to see Jackie Brown. You got to check out. Jackie okay, Brown. now here's the thing. Gonna... I haven't mentioned Jackie Brown, uh, but going back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, I when we first when I first became a cinephile, of course, I dived into. Uh, oh, you have seen Jackie Brown? A couple people here. Well, here, so well, I here's have, here's my Jackie Brown story. Is I, I was in college and we discovered. Quentin Tarantino and the awesomeness that it is, and so we devoured Reservoir Dogs and, and Pulp Fiction, and then we immediately went to uh, Jackie Brown. This was, you know, Kill Bill was uh, in the on future, the horizon, yeah. yeah, on the horizon, and uh, so we loved Tarantino, uh, Reservoir Dogs, and Pulp Fiction, and we tried to watch Jackie Brown, and we could not do it. We could not get through the end. Now that's you know a group of twenty-two or twenty-three-year-old college students, so my perspective might be very, very different at it's, this uh, point. To just to, that, that's exactly my... I have tried to watch Jackie Brown many years ago. Okay. Didn't, didn't, didn't get through it. Yeah. So so I, I do have to go back and, and say it again. Uh, funnily enough, I we rented the DVD from Blockbuster, and I still have that DVD. <laughs> I never returned it. <laughs> and there's a video store in Daytona Beach somewhere that is minus that's one copy of copy. Jackie Brown. Nice. Uh, Don't worry, they closed down. <laughs> yeah, but Blockbuster is out of business. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's because of one. you. It's because yeah. you took yeah. their DVD. I'm sorry. The House of Cards <laughs> collapsed. Darkman, your thoughts? Uh, I, yeah, I think I think it's great. Um, I, I was... We didn't do Jackie Brown commentary. I was just shocked by how good Jackie Brown was, and it's like his most mature film. But this, you know, Kill Bill, um, especially having gone back now and watched Volume 2, because I almost felt about Volume 2, like I think a lot of people felt about Jackie Brown. It's like, this isn't the manic, coked-out energy (laughs) I came to a Tarantino film to watch, you know? Um, But it's about characters and stuff. Who the hell told him that was okay? Um, But (laughs) (laughs) He's sold out, man. Yeah, but having rewatched rewatch this now um you, you know here and talking about it it is a really well done thing and and um you know we kept harping on the characters but but that was i i appreciated that cuz i'm looking at it like god damn it yeah all of the characters are interesting and yeah. you care about all the characters and you especially care right down about, to the right down to the one scene part yeah you especially care about the core characters and that's what really matters in in any movie and that's what makes a movie this weird and disjointed in some ways i mean literally to the point where it's ripped in half <laughs> and just kind of half of it's thrown one way and half of it's thrown the other and it's and all jumbled and all, shuffled yeah there's almost no rhyme or reason to it but it all comes together at the end and it all makes sense and uh i uh i've come out of it with a, a greater appreciation for for part two as a necessary part of the story trey uh yeah i like it <laughs> High five. <laughs> yeah, high five. Good, Good job, everyone. No, it's, uh, you know, again, 
It's as we say. I haven't. I what can I say that hasn't been said? And then we kind of struggle, and then sometimes we find something to say. Sure. But I really don't know if I'm going to be finding anything to say. I just I between we said at the beginning and maybe the beginning of. of Part one, volume one. You know, I, I may have referred to this as his masterpiece. I still haven't haven't, haven't seen Jackie Brown, but I don't think that's it's, because that's, that's it's that's so not a Quentin Tarantino film, even though that's, it's a Quentin Tarantino that's, film. That's his most mature, just straightforward. Yeah, we, type we of called film. this, yeah. you know, Quentin Tarantino at his tar- Tarantiniest, and yeah. and you know, I think this is the pinnacle of. When you think of Tarantino, it's like this is kind of what you think of. I agree. Right? Yeah. I agree. Especially having rewatched it, I'm like, yeah, both both sides of it too. And it yeah. is, you know, his amazing, the amazing alchemy that he is able to pull off is, you know, I don't love the genres that he is, you know, well, certainly not the 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 kung fu genres, the Hong Kong genres. I mean, I recognize westerns, but uh, you know, I'm not familiar with the genres. I don't, you know, I don't particularly uh, care about the genres. Um, and yet, somehow, this crazy heap of silliness totally works for me, you know. And I really, I really enjoy it. And it's it's an amazing effort, an amazing work, both by him and, and again Uma. I'll give Uma one last oh, yeah. shout out because this entire thing hangs off of her. And if if she didn't work, it wouldn't have worked at all. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at Down in Front Show at gmail.com. Go to the forum, downinfront.net slash forum. Involve yourself in the conversation. Great, great. You guys really. No one ever comes to the forum. Register at the damn forum. <laughs> Come to the freaking forum already. I'm seriously, seriously. Why is nobody it. coming to my happenings? It's all like in beautiful colors and very eye-pleasing. And, and at the forum, in addition to discussing weighty things like our video games art and why was Brian so mad on Star Trek, we also announced and, when and where the live shows are going to happen. So you can be here in the chat room and all those fun things. And talking and, about awesome movies we haven't done yet. Exactly. Is, is some great it's also where you oh, get yeah. to tell or us movies everything we, we just do. said that was wrong. Plus, we just we think everyone is sexy, and and if you want to be called sexy, it's we, the best. And we'd place like to come. you to move a little closer. Yeah, you could just slide up onto you on the bench there. Anyway, oh god. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Again, just just like just batting the ball around, and suddenly like Teague just like with a cannon, just boom, blows a hole in it, and just just ruins it. <laughs> we're having fun. Out of the bottom we were of the having barrel. fun until you came along. You can go to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can you can buy our shirts and whatever with the store. Blah blah. Who gives a crap? Uh, Matt Fade Avedis, the show notes and chapter breaks in iTunes. Holden Hill designed time to design and maintain the website and TVTropes.org for anything that ever happened in a movie twice. We like those people. And until next time, my name is Steve Christie. I'm Chris Hannell. Brian Pinnifer. Hi Scott. Trace Dokes. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. I'm totally show okay if there's no the part three. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm okay being done. Yeah. I'm tired and with the story. You mean of. of yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to find a way. I mean, Special if it's good. Kurt Russell. Okay. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds. All right. Mm. Well, I'm sure they... Thank you to Burt Reynolds Burt for Reynolds. not agreeing to be in our movie. Oh, thank God. Thank you guys for getting me through Saturday mornings as a child. That's yeah. what that is. And R.I.P. Charles, Charles Bronson. <laughs> Sergio Leone. Lee Van Cleef. And Whitney, I have to say, I don't recognize the name. Super, Super cool, cool Manchu. I love that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Miramax. Thank you, Weinsteins. TrendsInYourHead.com